Do we have a breakthrough in peace talks? From New York City this morning, good morning, good morning. Futures like what they hear, up eight-tenths of one percent. The countdown to the open starts right now. Everything you need to get set for the start of U.S. trading. This is Bloomberg The Open with Jonathan Farrow. Live from New York City, we begin with the big issue, a change of tone. Peace talks in Turkey developing into something we haven't seen before throughout this devastating war. A more constructive tone from both sides. The Ukrainians indicating a Putin-Zelensky meeting is on the table. Russia echoing that positive sentiment, pledging to sharply cut back military activity near Kyiv. Team coverage starts right now with Bloomberg's Maria Tadeo in Berlin and Emily Wilkins down in D.C. Maria, put it all together for us. The view from both sides in the last hour. Well, Jonathan, what I would say is this is the first time where we've had the Russian delegation and the Ukrainian delegation walk out of a meeting in which we get the impression that they actually sat the same meeting. Remember, previously it was a completely different conclusion from each side. Now we begin to see that there may be some shades of a compromise uh, here. On the one hand, Russia says they are willing to pull back uh, some of their military deployments to reduce them, especially around the capital. But I would say, and we need to stress this, at this point, the Ukrainian capital is completely uh, locked, sealed. It's become a fortress city, so it would have been very hard to Russia to take uh, the capital of Kyiv. Now, the other thing they also agrees that potentially there may be a meeting between Vladimir Putin and, of course, Vladimir Zelensky. Remember, the Ukrainians had always said the only way we can put an end to this war is they actually sit face to face and have that conversation. Until now, as I'm sure you remember, Jonathan, the Russians always said we're not going to debate with Zelensky because he's an actor, he's a clown, he doesn't have the caliber for Vladimir Putin, and we only speak to the great powers of the world. But we're now seeing that potentially is also changing. And then thirdly, and this is also important, we begin to see detail. And that was the key in this meeting. What do we do with Crimea? What can happen with the Donbass? All of the big points of tension between the two countries are now finally being debated. So a lot of this can tell you this was a constructive meeting. The Turkish foreign minister who was there, remember, this is a country that's hosting uh, the talks. He said, for the first time, I see progress. But of course, we need to see the reality on the ground. And this is not the first time the Russian Federation lies about the invasion about its plans, about targeting civilians and not using, excuse me, neighbor in Belarus. So a lot of this will have to be certified on the ground. There is hope right now, and hope is all we have at the moment. Emily Wilkins, before we verify all of that, I understand President Biden will hold a call with European allies. What's the focus of that call? A lot of the focus is going to be what Biden's tried to focus on from the beginning, really remaining together with allies, what, if anything, they need to do to further help Ukraine. You heard Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky go ahead and call, criticize the West for not doing enough, saying that they needed to have more weapons, more support. And you have seen some of those efforts actually stalled in Congress, things to end permanent normal trade relations with Russia passed the House, but now they've hit some 
some roadblocks in the Senate. They haven't gotten to Biden's desk. At the same point, Biden is also going to have to deal with the fallout from his remarks over the weekend, uh, saying that Putin should no longer be in power. We heard him address those remarks at length yesterday with reporters, saying that was a personal, emotional statement, that it was not a sign that the U.S. is changing its policy to Russia or calling for Putin to be removed. Still, that did sent shockwaves around the world. We saw French President Emmanuel Macron say that, you know, that they want to de-escalate, not escalate tensions. And you also saw the Kremlin respond to that, saying that it could impair discussions going forward. So I think one thing that Biden's certainly going to have to do today is some damage control with his European allies. Maria, as you indicated, we've seen this happen a few times now. Some misplaced hope. It feels different this time around. And Maria, I'm wondering today in these talks, what changed? What changed for both sides as they sat around a table this time? Well, I would say it's two things. One, for the Russian Federation, it is becoming clear that this is not going to be a war they can win on the ground. Now, they can bomb Ukraine, they can destroy Ukraine from the air, but on the ground, they face incredible resistance. The idea that they could just switch a government, put in a puppet instead of Zelensky, that is pretty clear at this point that that cannot uh, happen. When you look at sustained occupation, it is also clear that the Russian Federation is not in a position to occupy Ukraine forever or to just make it another Belarus, a country that essentially becomes a satellite for the Russian Federation. The resistance on the ground, Jonathan, we've seen it for a month from the people of Ukraine. It is so big that for Russia, this is now an operation that is becoming very, very difficult. For the Ukrainians, of course, they see the state of their country. They now have a reality check about NATO. They know they're not going to be able to enter uh, this alliance and now they're looking for a plan B, for a way out that can end the war. So the two sides have a very strong incentive now to get to a ceasefire and, of course, try to find a diplomatic solution. But I would say, let's not get carried away. We've seen Russia promise a lot, but, of course, under-deliver. And a lot of the situation in Kyiv responds to a military failure of the Russian Federation. We also the images of that convoy that was approaching uh, the capital of Ukraine, unable to take the capital of Ukraine, and Kyiv was a city that had become a fortress for the Ukrainian government. So maybe a lot of this, you could argue, also has to do with saving face for Russia. Maria, thank you. Maria Tadao in Berlin, Emily Wilkins down in D.C. It looks like progress, and progress is what we want to see. Now we need to verify some of the things that are being promised. The pullback from Ukraine's capital, a severe drop, a sharp drop in military operations there from the Russian side. That's the hope that we get a meeting between the two leaders and we secure some kind of ceasefire, at least at the minimum, and maybe even a peace accord. For the market, it picks things up like this. Dollar-ruble, first week of March, was pushing a 180 handle. Right now, back down to 86, with a big move on the session as well. Work your way through crude, a sizable move in crude. WTI a little bit earlier this morning, a break of 100. Right now on WTI crude, a 99 handle. And work your way through the bond market too. Treasury yields were higher, now they're lower. We can talk about that in just a moment. But in Europe, a sell-off in the German debt market with the Bund yield at the front end on a two-year through zero, briefly, for the first time since 2014. What does this change for central banks worldwide, not just for the Federal Reserve, but for the ECB too. Let's get the panel and get to them now. Morgan Stanley, Tree Sankaran, Pictase, Ella Hodger and Aaron Kennan 
of Clear Harbour Asset Management. Ella, I want to begin with you. What do these headlines change for you, the headlines from the past 24 hours and the headlines in the last 60 minutes? Well, it probably focuses the bond market more uh, with the Fed and what Powell's been guiding the market since last week. And we've certainly seen increased hawkishness there from the, the central bank. Uh, but you know, our view is that bond markets had already appeased themselves to some extent from the initial shock of the war and the, the market reaction from that. Uh, you know, financial markets more broadly were uh, expecting uh, some backtracking or at least some softening on the tone that we've been hearing at least for the past uh, three to four weeks. Uh, so don't think it's a major surprise uh, for the bond markets. And you can probably see from the reaction in the 10-year yields, um, sort of you would expect it to sell off on good news. But in this case, some of those good news were already priced. But it's also reacting more to the idea that perhaps we don't get this commodity shock uh, that the markets were trying to price uh, three to four weeks ago. Shri, good morning to you. Your thoughts this morning, please. Yeah, morning, John. So, I mean, any progress would be welcome on the humanitarian front, surely. And to the point made by the earlier speaker, from the market's perspective, I mean, the focus will definitely shift back to the central bank kind of hawkishness, whether it stays in place. Our view, still, we do think that there is probably a bit more of the hawkish surprise of the tone, which will continue. From the risk market perspective, I think that's where there's a bit more of a, a conundrum to be resolved. I mean, we were a little surprised by the, the magnitude of rally that we have seen across both equities and credit on the back of the hawkish pivot from the, the Fed or the re-pivot from the Fed. Um, I mean, I do think that that's probably something that is likely to fade over the near term as the, the magnitude of the rate hikes and the market starts to price in what that means with respect to the growth, the earnings outlook and in general risk appetite. The one bull market we have right now, I was told by Judin Emmanuel of Evercore this morning, is in hawkishness. And Aaron, I wonder from your perspective whether you think we're picking up on that bull market and hawkishness from this Federal Reserve effectively, efficiently in the equity market. Well, it's, it's a great question. I know so many people are of the view that the Fed uh, can sort of re-embrace what they said last week, which is that they'll start moving 50 basis points now that you know, we're making progress in these negotiations. But I, I do think that there's the other side of the story, which is, we had huge supply chain challenges going into the February 23rd war um, in, in Ukraine. And perhaps there's a view within the central bank community and within the economics community that we're going to see some of those supply chain bottlenecks subside if this progress in Ukraine is real. And it may actually allow central banks, particularly the Fed, to take a slightly more um, constructive Tighten, tightening, yes, approach, but maybe a slightly less hawkish, hawkish approach throughout the course of 2022. And I think the data will, you know, the, the timing of uh, particularly the, the this this negotiation as it pertains to energy and as it pertains to soft commodities, particularly wheat, um, and, and those impacts on on the overall economy uh, could, could could impact uh, how central banks uh, think about their policy going forward. Aaron, just clarify that for me again. You think that what's developed this morning reduces the risk of an even bigger move from this Federal Reserve? Yeah, 
Yeah, so we, we had significant supply chain challenges. And if you look in the United States prior to the war, we're not, listen, we're not hearing and talking about the Port of Long Beach, but if you look at the data there, for example, that, that is really, uh, as more people have come back to the workforce at those ports, um, and the rail lines are running well, and the trucking business is starting to, 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 to we see labor participation picking up in that, that segment of the market, we're seeing strong components of a, of a thawing on the supply chain front. The war sort of put a halt to that commentary because we saw a spike in energy prices, we, we, we saw concerns around uh, soft, soft agricultural prices, and so there's sort of this, this thought that, that I have this morning, and you see the Treasury market rallying, I'm looking at it right now, in not selling off, and perhaps it's a view that we'll start to actually see inflation if, if this conversation in Ukraine uh, really is an indication of, of progress, we could start to see inflation thaw both home and abroad. And we'll keep this conversation going alongside Ella and Shree. Going into the opening bell about 20 minutes away with futures elevated. Just something for the diary this morning. We are expecting a news conference with Secretary Blinken with his Moroccan counterpart a little bit later. A first opportunity, first scheduled opportunity for the U.S. administration to give their views on what's developed a little bit earlier this morning. Let's get you some movers ahead of the opening bell. Let's do that with Abby. John, well, you mentioned that stocks are higher on this Russia-Ukraine optimism. Tech in particular outperforming the Nasdaq 100 futures up more than 1%. Not surprisingly, big tech names are sharply higher. Apple, Microsoft, and NVIDIA really leading the way up 2.7%. The travel trade is back on too. Delta Airlines as a representative flying high by about 3%, no pun intended. To the downside, though, not surprisingly, defense contractors lower. Lockheed Martin falling by about 2.9%. And with oil uh, consolidating right around $100 per barrel, right now slightly below, some of the big oil names are lower, including ExxonMobil falling right now by about 2%, John. Abby, thank you. Coming up on the program, optimism emerging from peace talks out of Turkey, boosting risk assets and sending futures to session highs. That conversation up next. We've said Tina for quite some time. There are no alternatives to equities. When you think about uh, all the pressures in the world. The geopolitical conflict that we're experiencing. The Fed doubling down on being extremely hawkish. Inflation that's around 8% and set to pick up closer to 9%. It's going to be a wild ride. Well, where do I go? Do you go into cash? Hell no. With the inflation, cash looks toxic. Do you go into bonds? Hell no. The bonds look toxic. You end up not reducing your allocation to equities, but actually looking to increase them. There are few better places to put your money than the S&P and the NASDAQ. This market has been all about inflation. It's been about the Fed. It's been about bond yields. Equities overall are doing well. I am very impressed and quite honestly surprised. It's Tina. It's there is no alternative to, to U.S. equities. It has been quite a month, hasn't it? The equity market doing pretty well, considering all the headwinds that it's facing, including in the bond market, with a two-year yield going from the end of this month at 143 through 240 this morning, and now at 234.65 on a two-year. What a run we've seen, and what have we heard? Tina, 
Tina's made a comeback. Katie Lines, how many times have we heard that over the last few weeks? I don't even think I could begin to count, John. And usually counting is what I do best. But to your point, it has been absolutely brutal for the bond market to the point where yields moving higher, not yet to the degree which they're more attractive relative to equities, which could, in theory, fare a little bit better. We have the global aggregate bond index down 7.3% year to date, heading for a record drawdown. Then you have the 10-year yield up 91 basis points here in the U.S. and just the course of three months, 80 basis points over in Germany. That's still, though, not quite at a level where they are more attractive relative to stocks. When you look at the equity risk premium for both Europe and the U.S., you can see the stock 600 earnings yield is still roughly six percentage points above that of the 10-year boom. For the S&P 500 minus the 10-year Treasury, still looking at a gap of around two percentage points, reinforces that Tina narrative we've been hearing so much about. That is, though, John, if you are putting money to work. But there is also a lot more on the sidelines in this moment. The last Bank of America fund manager survey showing a larger than normal cash position among respondents. Cash levels up to 5.9%, which was actually the same level of cash held at the start of the COVID rally in 2020. But in an inflationary environment where some say holding cash makes not a lot of sense, that firepower may need to find a home soon. And that could be an equities, John. Kelly, it's an important distinction. Thank you. Ella Hodger, if you told me at the start of the month we'd have an almost 100 basis point move on the front end of the Treasury curve, I would have thought we'd be talking about less about Tina and, and not more about Tina. There is an alternative. Why aren't we doing that then, Ella? I guess it's been very much led by the, the Fed in terms of the, the front end move. Um, initially, we started the year with the idea that, yes, inflation was going to come down uh, halfway through the year. And um, yes, growth was going to be above trend, but uh, much lower than what we saw last year. So broadly, sort of the kind of backdrop where your forward yield forecasts uh, by the strategists in the street we're not uh, not at all hawkish. So you're absolutely right. This 100 bips uh, move in, in the front end has been a surprise to most uh, bond market participants. Where do you go from here? It's tricky because the setup uh, from a macro perspective in the U.S. supports, and the inflation backdrop in the U.S. supports the Fed actually pulling rates higher. So it's very difficult to argue against that. And that's why you're seeing most of the macro players, uh, such as ourselves, actually uh, playing the curve. So, um, you know, looking for that flattening theme in the curve, which is something that we've been calling for uh, since last year. You know, can the argument here is can that stop? And that can stop if the front end stops uh, selling off. And right now, we just don't have enough uh, to tell us otherwise. So, this theme of inversion continues. But, you know, having said that, positions in the market are fairly uh, stretched uh, to that view. Um, and, you know, we are very vulnerable here to any potential surprises, as, as the previous speaker was alluding to, uh, yeah. say, on the inflation side. But it, 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 it is a risk rather than your base case. Your base case here is, is still not a pretty one uh, more broadly for, for duration and, and rates. And the thing I hear is that 250 doesn't get it done. That doesn't get it done in a world of <laughs> close to 8% CPI. And real rates are still negative. And this is what Goldman said this morning. Real yields are still providing some buffer against further real rates increases because real yields are negative. Aaron, does that resonate with you as well? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I do think that there's, you know, that, that makes some sense. But, you know, if you look back at sort of the pre-COVID 
charts. Now, we had a different inflationary picture, but we had in 2018 nominal yields around 3%, and the curve was was, was flat in the fall of, of 18. We had twos at about 3%, 10s close to, you know, to, to that, that sort of level. And it wouldn't surprise me if we sort of returned back there, but it doesn't take away from the fact that the inflationary picture in 2023, if, 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 if things break as, as we suspect they may, could, could improve dramatically. And you look at tips break evens, you look at the five-year, five-year forward uh, fixed to floating uh, level, long-term inflation expectations are still reasonably well anchored. And, and lastly, I would just argue, too, that our debt to GDP has trended from that 2018 period from 100% of debt GDP to about 135%. The Fed knows that. The Treasury knows that. Higher interest rates in terms of the interest that we pay on our deficit becomes unsustainable for the U.S. government. And I, I believe that there's a, a, a natural realization, and that's going to probably, again, you know, force the Fed to remain um, Yes, incrementally hawkish, but perhaps not as extreme as extremely hawkish as many are, are predicting, which is two and three 50 basis point moves this year with a couple of additional 25s. I think the front end of the curve is sort of attractive here because I think the Fed may, in fact, raise rates and overshoot, and then we end up seeing them cut rates next year. Next year. I mean, I've heard that argument a few times that perhaps there's something about this that is self-limiting because the amount of debt both on the corporate side as well as the sovereign. This just came in from Jonathan Golliber, Credit Suisse, and he basically said the following. The Fed's projected path of rate hikes will not be enough to tame inflation. Put differently, not only is the rate too low today, but it will likely be too low even after the Fed completes its projected rate hikes. Stay with stocks. I mean, how many times have we heard that Sri? Is the same true of the credit market from your perspective, from where you stand as well, Sri? Um, I mean, credit obviously is slightly different in the sense that there is a technical valuation argument that comes in from what the Fed is doing, etc. But there is also the dynamic of how the it feeds through into fundamentals, sort of what Aaron mentioned with respect to the government bond market, right? But I think the, the tension here within credit, I would say that by and large, if it's just about rate hikes into a relatively healthy economy, and earnings growth holding in positive territory or reasonably in positive territory, that's still a story that credit markets can absorb, i.e. corporate balance sheets are healthy enough to absorb the magnitude of rate hikes that the market is forecasting or our economists are forecasting. But the working assumption has to be that earnings still hold up. I think if the second leg of the argument starts to fall, to fall apart, that's when we start getting more concerned about the ability of corporates to service debt in a higher interest rate environment. Let's regroup and talk about that last leg. I think that's the important piece around the equity market open as well. Sri Sankaran, Ella Hodger and Aaron Cannon. If you're just tuning in on Bloomberg TV and on Bloomberg Radio going into the opening bell, a constructive tone from Ukraine and Russia out of talks in Turkey today. Futures pushing higher. Up next, the morning calls and later, 10 days of gains, adding more than $400 billion in market cap for one single name, Apple. That's just around the corner.
Five minutes away from the opening bell, a constructive tone between Russia and Ukraine sending equities higher. That's the price action here at the morning calls. First up, Deutsche Bank downgrading CVS to hold 110 price target, pointing to the stock's negative risk-reward profile amid rising risks. Morgan Stanley downgrading Pinterest to equal weight, $30 price target, seeing multiple headwinds, creating too much uncertainty. And finally, Argus upgrading AutoZone to buy, highlighting multiple near-term growth drivers. That stock negative four-tenths of one percent. Up next, Apple on track for its longest winning streak in almost two decades. That conversation up next. Twenty-four seconds away from the opening bow this morning. Good morning. This is what we wanted to hear. A constructive tone from both Russia and the Ukraine coming out of talks in Turkey. And those talks will continue into this evening and into tonight potentially as well. Off the back of that, equity futures elevated on the S&P by nine-tenths of one percent. After a three-day winning streak, can we make it four? Switch on the board and get to the commodity market. A break of 100 on crude. 99.55, down six percentage points off the back of this story. A dollar that's weaker, a euro that's stronger, unlocking a conversation about ECB rate action later this year. Higher bond yields, a stronger euro, 111.27. And if you can explain this one for me, go ahead. There's got to be a head-scratcher in the mix as well, hasn't there? 242 on 10s, yields in four basis points. And for some reason, a bid back into Treasuries off the back of all of this. That's the cross-asset price action. We're up eight-tenths of 1% of the open, about 30 seconds in. Energy, as you would expect, is lagging down 1.3%. Consumer discretionary up by 1.2%. With your movers, here's Abby. John, well, on this very strong start for stocks this morning, it's a broad-based rally on this optimism over Russia, Ukraine, the possibility of talks. Microsoft, one of the top leaders, up nine-tenths of 1%, really helping out that tech uh, sector. Interestingly, even though yields are down just slightly, banks higher. Citigroup, one example, up 1.8%. American Airlines up 4.1%. This, of course, is the travel trade rebounds on the thought that peace between these two countries could help international travel. And then finally, General Motors also in on the game, up 3.5%. Again, a very broad-based rally. To your point, John, energy is that lagging sector. Abby, thank you. The one name to watch is Apple. Through yesterday's close, a 10-day winning streak. That was the longest winning streak since 2010 for this single name. Now it is 11. 11 straight days of gains and adding almost 18 percentage points to that name. The team here at Bloomberg crunching the numbers over the previous 10 days. That's a market cap move of more than $400 billion. And if you want a comparison, that's roughly the same market cap as, as Walmart. Bloomberg's Ed Ludlow joins us now for more. Ed, what a stunning rally. Good morning, John. We're up nine-tenths of a percent right on Apple. We're on the verge of three trillion market cap. It's an astonishing story, right, especially when you consider the backdrop of yields, what's happening in Ukraine, the questions around demand. I'm also looking at Amazon, by the way, which is higher, because Amazon is the leader of the mega caps on a year-to-date basis. But come with me straight to my Bloomberg terminal, and let's talk about this run. If we close higher, as you said, best run since 2003. If we close higher on Wednesday, we match that 2003 run. If we close higher on Thursday, which would be 13 consecutive days of gains, then it would be the longest winning streak in history. 
And that's interesting, right? You see analysts boosting earnings estimates by around 7% for the year for Apple. They kind of shrugged off the stock, that report by Nikkei, that they'd cut production by 20% on the base model iPhone SE because of waning demand due to inflation and the conflict in Ukraine. What stops this stock? There is a warning in this chart, John, because, of course, the last time Apple hit $3 trillion at the beginning of the year, the S&P had a significant drop to follow. We also have yields at 2.5%, right, on the benchmark 10-year Treasury. Apple is not immune from the conversation around higher rates discounting the present value of future earnings. But why is it not immune? It's really interesting narrative. Um, and then we talk about what investors are doing right now. The Nasdaq 100 is still down 7% year to date, but there seems to be this move into quality and growth names. I talked about Amazon being the year-to-date leader of the mega caps, up 2.5% so far in 2022. That seems to be on the back of their own stock split, right, which has given retail investors a reason maybe to look at Amazon, some enthusiasm. Apple almost positive year-to-date. We're so close, John. But it's really interesting given the backdrop. Ed, the move in Amazon, never mind the year-to-date move, it's a 25% move off the lows yeah. of March. Are you telling me that's just about a stock split? No, uh, you know, again, just as Apple has done with the consumer product and shown resiliency with the supply chain, Amazon has shown that it is the sum of its parts, right? If there's a slowdown in the dot-com business, then the AWS cloud business has come in based on recent earnings from prior quarters to save the day. It is a profit machine. And what's really interesting is that there's confidence from Wall Street. Even with everything that's going on in the world of consumer, even the inflation story that's going on in higher input costs for companies, Amazon still seems to be able to grow that top and bottom line. Ed Ludlow, thank you. Ed, looking forward to the coverage for the next couple of weeks. What a rally we've seen in these big names. Ella Hodger, I want to come to you on that, actually. Just the movements we've seen in Apple, in Amazon off the lows, in Tesla as well. What do you think's behind all of that? Well, um... The relief, I suppose, uh, on the more positive developments from the, uh, on the, at least on the Ukraine front. Um, but more broadly speaking, um, the scenario that equity markets are pricing, uh, which is a little different to, to bond markets, I suppose, is, is one where growth is okay. And, you know, as you see, uh, the beginning of tightening policy from central banks, particularly the Fed in this case, equities tend to do okay. So despite all the rhetoric that you hear on the two-tenths U.S. Treasury's curve flattening, historically speaking, equities have performed well on that. So it's much more aligned with the idea that we're not in a late stage of the cycle, right? So it depends which school you sit with. So if you're in the late stage school, then uh, probably this should be the last innings of the move. And, and, you know, the volatility that we see in rates markets, which is very elevated still, is actually giving you one of those signals, as is your sort of more classical recession story from the curve flattening. But really, there's a bit of a dichotomy there going on between uh, what bond markets are saying and what equity markets are saying at the moment. So equities are playing with a hope on the better growth scenario, and bonds are getting more worried, say, a year or so down the line. Sri, you talked about the importance of earnings. Let me share this quote from Citi with you. 
They said Fed funds have little correlation to the S&P 500 price action. They go on to say, while a modestly negative correlation to multiples is notable, the more interesting attribute is a notable positive correlation to S&P 500 earnings. They conclude by saying this reinforces our emphasis on earnings growth drivers as the key to equity market performance in the intermediate term. So, Sri, let's pick up on that dynamic of earnings. For you, has the outlook for earnings got better or worse since this year started? Yeah, I'm just going to borrow the thoughts from my equity colleague, Mike Wilson, here. Um, we do think that the, the outlook is weaker. Um, and more specifically, when we look at the, the nature of the earnings revisions that have come through, the point that Mike has been making in recent weeks has been, well, you've seen the downward revision come through in the near quarter earnings, but obviously if some payback in the later quarter earnings, that's typically not a healthy sign. That kind of resonates almost with the, the, with the, the, the transient inflation narrative where we're saying, well, it's going to be bad for the near term, but then it improves very meaningfully. We're not in that camp. I mean, but at the same time, we don't think that this is the bond market signaling recession risk. But for the perspective of earnings, it does feel like we are going to be pricing in a weaker earnings outlook rather than a stronger one. How would you price that through credit three? A bit more of decompression is what we want to see within the credit markets. What's been most surprising has been our call has been default risk over duration risk. That's played out well. But at the same time, it does feel like the more recent narrative around the next leg of the rate hikes being more significant and more front-loaded, that should really trigger a bit more of concerns around the lower quality portions of the market where the sensitivity to earnings is going to be higher. And at the same time, the impact of higher rates is also going to be more meaningful. So that's kind of why I do think that the more floating rate dependent capital structures plus lower quality companies, those are where we do think more cracks are likely to show up within the credit markets rather than a broad based sell off. It's three high yield has looked really insulated given what's happening in the world, around the world in the last month or so, but insulated because of the sector mix, so heavily tilted, weighted towards energy. If we do indeed get a de-escalation, and I don't expect you to provide a forecast there, I just want to understand the dynamic, the reaction more broadly in high yield. If you get a de-escalation and energy just kind of backs off a bit, does that leave high yield a bit more exposed? Um I mean, to some extent, yes, but at the same time, a lot of the correction year to date has been in the higher quality double B longer duration pocket, which to some extent is likely going to be a beneficiary of that move. So arguably, yeah, I mean, to some extent, the sector mix hurts the high yield market if we do come off the boil with respect to the, the geopolitical tension. But at the same time, some of the longer duration, higher quality pockets within high yield are probably going to hold up better. I just quickly brought up the research from over the weekend from Mike Wilson over at Morgan Stanley. And Aaron Cannon, I'd love your view on it too. Markets priced for a tighter Fed but not for growth risks. The view of Mike. We're downgrading financials to neutral given a more late cycle view and forecast for a full inversion of the yield curve in 2Q. 2Q starts this week into next week. Financials will have a hard time outperforming. That's the view from Mike. And let's go with the first line, Aaron. Markets priced for a tighter Fed but not for the growth risks. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, I think I think it does. And uh, that, that's sort of our base case, in fact, which is, you know, the flattening of the yield curve historically augurs or tends to be a signal of heightened inflationary, excuse me, recessionary risk. But but this time around, because of the unconventional nature of monetary policy, 
we think that that signaling is is a bit muddy and that we may in fact experience not a soft landing but but something between a hard and a soft landing and may just in fact uh, avoid uh, th that recessionary concern but but I have to go back to the reality that we have disposable you know our savings rate is lower we still have the inflationary pressures weighing on key segments of the equity market I, our expectations are that you know earnings are going to disappoint that we're going to certainly see a significant deceleration of the growth picture this year and um, and that the Fed is going to you know clearly uh, hike rates and and hike rates in somewhat aggressively but we think as we move into the back half of this year as a result of that the Fed put is going to come back into play and that could be positive for equities as we move into the back half of the year and into 2023. How much lower does inflation need to be at the back end of this year for a Fed put to come into play? It's a good question. We'll have to see how this all plays out. I suspect it'll be a, a, a Q4 sort of event. There's a lot going on on, geo, on the geopolitical front uh, that, that we're monitoring and in the wage picture here in the U.S. is certainly becoming more of a stickier point. So we're, we've been humbled many times by markets. We do think the trend is for inflation to peak here over the next month or two and to trend lower. Um, and, and we'll have to see how that, all that plays out, Jonathan. I'm humbled every day by markets, Aaron. You're not alone. Aaron Kennan there alongside Ella Hodja and Sri Sankaran as well. About 11 minutes into this, equities up by 8 tenths of 1%, energy pulling back down by 2.9%, now down by 3 percentage points as crude pulls back. A break of 100, a 99 handle early this morning on WTI as we had a breakthrough of sorts between Ukraine and Russia in talks in Turkey and those talks will continue through this evening. For the President of the United States, the focus will be on those talks, but also Things here at home as well, unveiling his $5.8 trillion budget proposal. This year we're on track to cut the deficit by more than $1,300,000,000. That would be the largest one-year reduction in the deficit in U.S. history. That conversation, up next. Firefighter and a teacher pay more than double, double the tax rate that a billionaire pays. That's not right. That's not fair. And my budget contains a billionaire minimum tax because of that. The President of the United States there. Happening right now, Secretary Blinken in a news conference alongside his Moroccan counterpart. The first opportunity for the U.S. administration to respond to what we heard Early this morning, early this morning, of course, a constructive tone coming out of talks between Ukraine and Russia. Ukraine talking up the prospect of the two leaders meeting. Russia talking up the prospect of sharply cutting military operations in and around Ukraine's capital. The dates for the next set of talks not made just yet. This is what we hear from a source close to the Russian delegation commenting on these Ukraine talks. No date, place set yet for the next round of Russia-Ukraine talks. The delegation is leaving Istanbul now after those talks with Ukraine earlier today 
in Turkey. When we get the headlines from Secretary Blinken, of course, if they're pertinent, if they speak to this story, I'll bring them to you. For the President of the United States, for President Biden, his multi-trillion dollar budget proposal running into opposition from key Senator Joe Manchin calling the tax on unrealized capital gains, quote, a tough one. You can't be taxed on things you don't have. There are other ways for people to pay their fair share. Bloomberg's Joe Matthew joins us now from Washington with more. And Joe, I asked this of you this morning, and it's important. Do they want to make policy or do they want something to campaign on? Well, it's feeling a lot more like the latter, Jonathan, simply because we've already done this. With regard to the tax on unrealized gains, that was part of the Build Back Better plan that never got its way through Congress late last year. It failed. It was put on the shelf and it was left to die because lawmakers like Joe Manchin don't have time for this. He's not alone either, by the way. Kirsten Sinema, who you remember looming large in that Build Back Better debate, also has problems with this reportedly. Even the chair of the House Ways and Means Committee, Richard Neal, prefers a different approach when it comes to taxing the wealthiest Americans. This would apply, by the way, to families, households worth $100 million or more. And it's pretty unclear exactly how this unrealized gain tax would be enforced. The issue here, Jonathan, is that one of the hallmarks of this budget, as the president outlined yesterday, was the fact that it was going to reduce the deficit. It would lower deficit spending by a trillion dollars. But without that tax on unrealized gains, you can't get that trillion dollars. Uh, so there are things that need to be worked out here. It, by the way, we'll begin officially the process here next hour when the director of OMB testifies before the House Budget Committee. So here we go. Joe, there's nothing original, as you know, as we all know, about American budgets coming out of the White House that never actually see the light of day. Here's another Absolutely. one. What I don't understand, though, is if you want to get something done, why aren't we having a conversation with Senator Manchin saying, what can we do? Because most people <laughs> agree with the President of the United States here, let's get people to pay their fair share. Whispering it down the microphone and coming up with things that won't pass and your own Democratic senator won't agree on, doesn't get anything done. Well, maybe you're getting a little bit closer to your first question, which is no one actually thinks it's going to get done. Look, this is supposed to be a projection or a statement of values, right? The most overused phrase in Washington yesterday. This is a, it's a laundry list. It's what we believe in. It's almost a campaign speech, if you think of it that way, knowing the White House knows all too well that this will be uh, twisted into a lot of different uh, pretzel pieces before this ever becomes a law. Reminding you, we just passed lawmakers two weeks ago the budget, the omnibus budget that we're now operating under. This is halfway through the fiscal year. So if, if we think this is going to get done before the next fiscal year, that in itself would be an achievement. After that, about a month later, midterm elections. So it's not likely that this is going to see the light of day in its current form. Hey, Joe. Thank you, buddy. It's good to catch up. Joe Matthew, looking forward Pleasure. to sound on on Bloomberg Radio, Mondays to Fridays at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. We've been watching Apple. 10-day winning streak becomes 11, and now that 11-day winning streak on Apple erases the losses for the year. Apple's stock right now up by more than 1%, the longest winning streak going back to the early 2000s, 2003 
to be precise. For a look at some of the names associated with President Biden's budget request, let's get to Taylor Riggs. Hey, Taylor. John, I just wanted to debate with you instead some of the unrealized gains and how we do mark-to-market -market accounting on that. But we'll save that for another day. Let's take a look at some of the movers, of course, on the back of some of those budget proposals. I want to first start with some of the biggest increases, right, on sort of a year-over-year -year basis. We've talked a lot about defense spending on the back of some of the comments about Russia and Ukraine. On the domestic front, a big 32% increase year-over-year year for some of the veterans' affairs, $82 billion, a 27% jump for health and human services. Commerce also a big gainer, asking for a 31% increase on a year-over-year -year basis. Let's get back to some of that defense spending, because what's so interesting is they're asking for a 4% nominal increase, 1.5% real growth, but a lot of people and Republicans have come out and said, no, we need 5% real growth. When you think about sort of the inflationary impacts on this sector, Northrop Grumman going to be a big one here a new B-21 bomber when we think about some of the nuclear modernization budget, of course, going to that, and a big uh, $130 billion for R&D. That's within the Pentagon's budget as well. Flip up the board, let's also just take a look at some of the transportation as well, because the Federal Transit Administration now going to get an additional $21 billion here, of course. I should say 21, an additional $8 billion. Big money, John, for passenger and freight rail. And yes, ports, as we think about how to modernize those ports and the big focus here that has been on supply chains. Do you want to do the accounting thing now? Maybe in the commercial break. In the commercial break. Forward to getting your and then do I views. get like an unrealized rebate if there's I, losses? I have no idea how this is meant to work, <laughs> but isn't that the point, Taylor? It doesn't get done. You talk about doing something, you please someone, you don't make policy. Politics, it frustrates us both, I know. Taylor Riggs, thank you. Looking forward to the commercial break with Taylor just moments away. Before we get there, let's get you some sector price action with Abby. John, well, with the S&P 500 up for a fourth day in a row, up about seven-tenths of one percent right now. Not surprisingly, most sectors are higher, being led at this point by consumer discretionary up 1.2 percent. Think Tesla, Amazon, and the like. Technology right behind it up 1.1 percent. NVIDIA, Apple, Microsoft, communication services also higher. Think Facebook, Google, and Twitter. On the bottom, not surprisingly, it is energy. So there's a risk-on mood here on these, uh, the optimism around the uh, possibility of the Russia-Ukraine talks. There's also optimism for the travel trade. Airlines, similar to so many individual stocks, now higher on the year, up about 5%. And it's interesting, John, at this point, the S&P 500 up more than 12% from its February low and now down uh, just 4% below from its all-time peak. Let's see, are we going to put another all-time high? It seems as though that risk on mood is here. Avi, thank you. Thank you very much. Just working through some of the bond market price action too. Ten-year yields in Germany just fading a bit, still up four basis points. Let's call it 61. We were positive positive on a nominal yield on a German two-year a little bit earlier, above zero, now negative again by seven basis points or something like that. Positive about six on the session. The Treasury market has flipped. Yields were higher across the curve on twos, on tens, much more so on twos, so the curve was flatter, the spread between the two was narrower, and now yields are lower across the curve, but lower on tens than they are on twos, so you can do the maths quickly. The curve is flatter and the spread's still narrower. So the curve is still in single digits on twos, tens, six basis points. The difference between the two right now. That's the bond market. Let's get you to your trading diary on a better day for Ukraine-Russia talks and a better day for this equity market again. From New York, this is Bloomberg.
25 minutes in, we add some weight to this equity market. It's what we all want to see, an improvement between Ukraine and Russia in talks. Will it stick? And can we verify that pullback that the Russians are promising at the moment? The talks will continue on a date yet to be decided, but a constructive tone lifts this equity market on the S&P 4,600 on the S&P 500, advancing about 7 tenths of 1%. Our performance on a small caps, the Nasdaq, up about one full percentage point. That's the price action. Here's your trading diary. The President of the United States holding a news conference with the Prime Minister of Singapore at 12.45 Eastern. More Fed speak. Harker, Bostick later this afternoon. More data coming up on Wednesday and Thursday too with initial jobless claims just around the corner. And on Friday, it is payrolls Friday. The estimates so far, 490 K for the month of March from New York. This was the countdown to the open. Thank you for choosing Bloomberg TV. This is Bloomberg. Audio Jungle. Number three seed, Michigan, 7-0% of her shots from the floor. And away we go. Cochran jumping up against Hillman. Louisville in their home whites as the number one seed. Van Lift with three straight 20-point games. Cochran wearing a face mask because she took an elbow in the eye in the Sweet 16. Let's take a look at today's Capital One starting lineups. For Michigan, Danielle Roush, who sat on the bench pretty much for the first three years of her career as a starting point guard. Brown Fielder, who was brilliant, had the game-winning shot against South Dakota. And Emily Kaiser, also a player who had been a role player and has been a key starter for Michigan. Louisville starting five, already talked about Engsler and Van Lith. Kiana Smith, their best outside shooter. And Chelsea Hall running the point. The grad transfer from Vanderbilt. Cochran rounding out the top five for the team from the ACC, who finished second behind NC State. Well, I think it's going to be really important for Michigan to have four around the perimeter. You cannot have two low post players and allow Emily Inksler the freedom to come double Nas Hillman. Felia, their freshman, misses her first shot. It's been so big for the Wolverines. Van Lith so tough off the bounce. Felia able to rescue it. Wooden Award finalist for National Player of the Year as well. And this has been a tremendous student-athlete at Michigan. Deanna Smith, that's her spot. Well, Louisville's a team that knows. And thought about it. Cochran, that's a blocking foul on Kaiser. Learning how to see out of it, the feel, 
Jupiter. Long pass, Brown. Good look. Ansler again. Michigan getting good looks, just not able to knock him down. And then the finish. Really working in there on Kaiser. Hillman gets Michigan's first field goal of the game to hit the singles. And this will be a battle of defensive discipline. That they have met the previous three, including in December. Louisville has won by at least 20 points. Haley Van Lith. I'm telling you, the way that Haley Van Lith is playing and discipline close out with a hand up. But I'm telling you, she plays at all three levels. And this is a confident player who has who struggled early as Maddie Nolan gets a three. Engler doing Engler things. Takes the ball away. Now Chelsea Hall backs it in. <laughs> now she had a good offensive game against Tennessee in the Sweet 16. Coach Walls has won Chelsea Hall, and she certainly can and be that fifth scorer on the floor. But the thing about Michigan right now is when you have a team like Louisville that is denying you the basketball, you can't just stand and try to seal. That's dangerous dancing over there, too. If you're going to come back door, you've got to just go. Nolan now from the other side. And Maddie Nolan really struggled against South Dakota. She was. Angsler defending Hillman. That's a great matchup. Kaiser left open. That's a good slip. That's a really good slip. Louisville hard showing on those. All for three as well. The thing that we're used to seeing with her is that poise and that composure. Very rarely as Van Lith hits it and holds the hand up for a while. I don't know if I've ever seen Nas Hillman really frustrated. No, no. I certainly haven't. She's somebody who just she stays composed, she stays positive, she stays active. Reason why she was a first team All American. Celia almost took steps. Amy Dill taken away by Van Lith. Two on one. She has Kiana Smith to her left. And the charge drawn this time by Maddie Nolan, who is fired up. Shot clock is off. Waning seconds of the first quarter. Dill guarded by Hall. Here's Nolan, desperation three. And the first quarter in Wichita is in the books. Louis, because there has to be help when that happens. A huge mismatch in favor of Michigan. Shot clock winding down. Nice. nice. I mean, that's where, <laughs> that's where Nas Hillman is just so good. She knows the double team is three on the backside. Hillman averaging over two assists per game. That was a nifty one. Chelsea Hall continuing this. Williams over to Celia. Guarded by Van Lip, who was able to take contact and step around. 
Layla Filia has just really come into her. At 14 against South Dakota, 12 of which came in the first half, and none better than that game-winning drive. True freshman from Cincinnati on the all-freshman team in the Big Ten. Tremendous future ahead of her. Present not so bad either. Meanwhile, Van Lith, smooth. That's all you really have to say about it, right? Mm. It's just so smooth. And out of that double team. Delia, that's a tricky pass that Paul intercepts. And then is able to score over and around. Nas Hip with the trail three. That's well off the mark. Hillman streaking into the lane. They found her. That's a great pass by Leah Brown in transition. And that's where they're going to have to. Daniel Roush threw it away. Here's a two-on-one. Van Lith with the nice finish. That's those live ball turnovers. And Michigan's done this a couple of times. They get caught down there on that baseline. UV uh, Michigan started off cold. Nas Hillman being brilliant. And Chelsea Hall, usually not an offensive threat, only averaging seven points a game, has 11 so far, including three threes. Second time this year these two teams have met. Louisville won handily on their home court in early December, and that's just not giving up. Hillman way out from the basket. She will not shoot from there. That is one thing that she'll have to work on when she goes to become a pro. First, all of it by Kiana Smith. This game will take on the Gamecocks. Oh, that's a nice move. Where have you been all my life, Chelsea Hall? <laughs> and, and again, if you think about adding a dimension of Chelsea Hall being a double-figure scorer to an already well-balanced Louisville attack, where do you go from a scout standpoint? Yeah, that's the big difference from last year. Dana Evans' as Felia shows you how good she is. Now the go-ahead. What a NCAA tournament it has been so far. Angsler. Should have gotten an assist on that. Yeah, that was a great read by Emily Engsler. An emergency switch. Hillman drew the foul. He's 12th in the nation in scoring this. No other player has. And Kim Barnes-Arico always finds it hard to put into words. Robinson looks back to Coach Jeff Walls for some instruction. with the shot clock winding down. Smith is not going to get a shot off. They have trailed for the vast majority of this game. Trailed by as many as seven. Oh, boy. Chelsea Hall is having herself a great day until Nas Hillman decided to spoil the party. Are you kidding me? I don't Hillman running in transition, chasing down Chelsea Hall and swatting that thing into the stands.
not even close to being a foul, and that right there is a microcosm of the hustle and heart of Nas Yes, Hellman. it is. High wow. motor, high competitive spirit. Deanna Smith able to slip in and score after the Hall offensive rebound, and Louisville takes a three-point lead into the half. Pam, I spoke with Jeff Walls, and he said on offense, they need to get Emily Engsler more involved. She hasn't scored yet, but she has eight rebounds, so she is still impactful for their team's success. And Kim Burns-Rico for Michigan, she said we need to mix up our pick and roll and have it be big and small, not just guards. In the paint right there, Layla Filia getting downhill. She is a playmaker for this team. Van Lith, terrific pass from Engsler. Haley Van Lith just has such a good awareness of where she is around the rim. She can finish on the strong side, she can finish on the opposite side, and there's Layla Filia continuing to be aggressive. Packed and loud on Saturday. She's been down by one. Exler, as Christy mentioned, has not scored in this game, averaging 12 per game, has been terrific in the NCAA tournament, a little bit under the weather, kind of a kind of a cold. But she said she'd be ready to go come game time, and she certainly has been. Cochran, limited by a couple of fouls in the first half, gets her second bucket. Olivia Cochran wearing a face mask because she took an elbow in the eye area on Saturday in the win over Tennessee. Angsler, that's what yep. she does. It is, and, and that has to be, have to score the basketball, although she is a great offensive player to impact this basketball game. So much damage on the defensive end, and Chelsea Hall is on her way to have Well, Pam, we talk about seniors and their sense of urgency, and Chelsea Hall is one of those seniors. Angsler's on the board. that all season long. First in turnover margin in the ACC. 13th in the nation in steals. Hillman blocked and fouled by Engsler. First one for Emily Engsler. Man defense in college, only the 2-3 zone. Demanding her energy and intensity on the defensive end of the floor, and she turns into an all-defensive performer. With her length, athleticism, and her instincts, and Jeff Wall says the only other player he's he's coached with as good of instincts as Emily Inksler is Angel McCautry, and that is a tremendous compliment. Yeah, it's scary. Yes. Angel is tremendous. Leah Brown is a transfer from Nebraska, Indiana natives on this team. Where would Michigan be without all these Indiana Exactly. Right. Where would we all be? Those Indiana ball players, some low. Yeah, Keanu Smith. I mean, this is a player who has done things that no other player has done. Men or women's basketball in Michigan history with the 2,000 points, 1,000 rebounds, an All-American. A lot of firsts for this program with Nas Hillman on the roster. Langsler at the line. She does have one. Uh, whether there will be super seniors, uh, Leah Brown will be a super to help handle the basketball. Hillman being fronted by Engsler, who got a hand on it, and then the block by Dixon. 
Well, you've got two players with great length on the interior. It's missed its last six shots. They've been stuck on 33 points for three and a half minutes. Hillman will head back to the line. It's not going to be there. One of two for Hillman on. Robinson guarded out there by William Shot clock. Skinny for Van Lith. Takes Dilt off the bounce. So good, Pam. So good. Haley Van Lith just has such a good feel. She never gets rushed. She's always on balance. She's locked in no matter how many hands are in front of her. So patient. Biggest lead of the game for Louisville now at 11. Another foul. Williams was hacked. But the line, Haley Van Lith in Louisville history. A couple of good ones. When you work. put in the work, yep. it rewards you. The game rewards you. Haley Van Lith, she worked out with Kobe Bryant at his request. Gigi and Kobe came to watch her play at Kashmir High School back when she was a senior. And she has always had the utmost respect. Chance. We were down 11 not too long ago. Nolan hit a big three. Nas just keeps on working. Talked about this rebounder, just like Nas. Good games and her mom being on her, talking about what she can continue to do better. The Michigan on a 7 nothing run. All of them on free throws, broken by Van Lith. Slicing in. You see so many players that are up and down, and, and she's not. Terrific block by Cochran, but Hillman was able to grab the rebound and got fouled again. And Hillman was named Big Ten Player of the Year last to her, and, it, and totally deflected all of the attention away. Not a me guy at no, all. No, she's not. Incredibly humble, incredibly selfless. Loves being a part of this team and this program. Two-point ball game. Michigan has sliced nine points off the lead in the last couple of minutes. Angsler left open. Hillman contested at the last instant. And now Michigan has to push. Filia. Off glass. Third quarter comes to a close. Michigan with a nice run to close an 11-point lead. Down oval team is too good at locking you up quickly. South Carolina beating Creighton last night gets the winner of this game. Stanford UConn playing the other semifinal. He honestly what Jeff Ball said he wanted. So this is a team that likes to work the ball, make six, seven passes in offense, and now the shot clock's winding down. It's going to have to be Filia again. Angsler defended well. Van Lith drew the contact from Nolan. Count it. Haley Van Lith, unstoppable. See, we need the face cam. Great free throw shooter along with so many other attribute pressure from Louisville is full court. Never back down. Exhausting play against a defense like this. Leah Brown. Michigan has now missed 11 of its last 12 field goals until Nas saves the day.
the offensive glass. They scored 15 points in the entire first half. Different story tonight. Low scoring, but Louisville, depending on number 10. Okay, she's been incredible against. Boy, the effort for Louisville going after every basketball. And that's the thing, Tim. We're talking to this this ball club and these players, just talking about wanting to win. So unselfish as Danielle Roush gets to the commitment to each other. Those two are a great story as they well. Sure are. I mean, didn't play until their senior year. Danielle Roush got involved last year in the NCAA tournament. But just waited their turn, committed to continuing to get better as Kaiser gets an opportunity. Danielle Roush never scored in double figures until this year. But they stuck to it. And again, Ophelia, who is the best at taking it off the bounce for Michigan. Another day on ESPN Plus and then the championship game on Sunday on ESPN. Check it all out. Even hit the 50-point mark. And Michigan's defense has been good. Louisville's even better in this tournament. So much on the line. Oh, great pass. Great pass. Uh, Emily Angsler not doing much scoring, but contributing in so many other ways. Has 14 rebounds. That was her fourth assist. And you just can't emphasize enough the unselfishness of this team. Emily Angsler was one of those that sat in the room with us and talked about, hey, listen, we just want to win. I've never been to a Final Four. I've never won a championship. We just want to win. And they play like that. Nas approaching two minutes to go. Louisville, four-point lead and the ball. Cochran driving on Kaiser, huge. Well, 52nd of her career. And Michigan needs points. Court pressure taking time off to get across. the cross. Yep. And again, they're not initiating offense until 15 seconds on the shot clock. Kaiser. Great defense by Cochran, who is fronting Hillman. They needed the shot. Great defense. Sounds like a broken record. Great defense again. <laughs> side to side. Forced Michigan to defend the entire shot clock. Kaiser. Trying to draw another charge. Roush was able to take it away. You got to get something in transition here. You can't let him get set. Too late. Kaiser with the three. Nas missed everything, but another offensive rebound this time. By Roush. Sheer UConn has not won it since Brianna Stewart left, an eternity for Husky fans, but they're back in thanks to a thrilling double overtime win over NC State. Nas Hillman will hit that shot probably 19 times out of 20. Not a foul. They don't foul. And now Louisville 
with a chance to seal it. Cochran with some huge buckets in the fourth quarter. First player in Michigan history with 2,000 points and 1,000 rebounds. Nice man or woman. First time this program's made it to a sweet 16. Van Lith. As we check out just through those spurts offensively where she is unstoppable. And again, leading the double zeros in Chrysler Arena. Yeah, no doubt, she's the first player to ever wear double zeros and she should be the last. Yes, absolutely, without question. Celia with the foul of the NCAA tournament because they had not been. Right. Emily Engsler, what a gamer. 16 rebounds for E squared. She's everywhere, Pam, on the defensive end. It just amazes me, a player who for four years played in a zone sat in his zone. And this is why Emily Angsler came to Louisville to have a chance to play for the national championship. The Cardinals are on their way to the Twin Cities as they beat Michigan. Audio jump. Your extracurricular activities are enjoyable, but they could be magical. Get the heightened tingle in all the right places with Chingling. It's the better sex pill for husbands, wives, entanglements that make your sexual experience spectacular. Nice to end too early or mornings that aren't as vigorous? Chingling, baby. Put a little get up, stay up, and go harder in the bedroom where it counts. Why be good when you can be great? Make your love life magical and order yours today at ChingleBrands.com. That's C-H-I-N-G-A Brands.com. Last time on Hashtag Just Saying Podcast. <laughs> exactly. It was no last time. It's been like six months. <laughs> hey, yo. The <laughs> announcer has nothing to say. <laughs> it was complete silence. Exactly. He said, come back like, uh, hey, guys. <laughs> Hey, you guys. You should have stretched the silence out just a little bit longer. You think so? These people would have been like, the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> this shit, man. Like, this shit is broken. Uh, hey, guys, it's us. Like, yeah, they'd be like, yeah, all right. All right. <laughs> sure. Don't even believe in us. Yeah. You don't think they believe in us anymore? I don't know. They be asking. Nah, I, mean, I, mean, I still get mega support, yeah, dog. They still be, they be asking. We not coming out with any uh, they, they, episode. Like, they let us sex episodes, though. It's not even a sex podcast. It's not. We just had they one just like sex episode. Yeah, nasty. Little nasties. Into the, they just want to peer into the world. Little nasty women. Shout out to the nasty women, though, man. <laughs> right. They're, they're needed in the world. You know what I'm saying? Perfect balance. We're going we gonna to have another sex episode, but I just don't want it so close to the last sex episode. Like, we need at least, like, we got to get it, like, 10 away. What was that? What was it? Twenty. That was twenty four. So we can't do another sex episode to like thirty four. Thirty four. You know what I'm saying? I guess y'all gotta wait. <laughs> <laughs> I 
before they start, so they dub us a sex podcast, and right. we we gonna fuck around and get approached, and the niggas be like, yeah, so we need y'all to talk about sex every day. <laughs> Then we gonna be tired. <laughs> now we not gonna have fun anymore. Oh my God. But yeah, man, we we we've been gone for a little minute. Uh, we had to get some affairs in order. Had to leave Earth. Some life, yo. I, I wish I could still leave Earth right now. I don't know what is happening on this go? planet. Anywhere Venus. Here, right? Venus. Venus. Yeah. What's on Venus? Or Saturn. <laughs> Saturn. Yeah. I also want to go into the red storm on Jupiter one time just to see what's going on. It looked like it's it's lit. I don't know what's happening there. It looked like it's popping though. So basically, that that whole planet is is just natural gas, right? Yeah, just a whole bunch of fucked up gases. And it's huge. And the fact that all the of those, but then here's the funny thing: the fact that all of those gases make a perfect circle. Yeah, that's dope, right? And then and then you they got moons. That motherfucker got about nine moons, moons, right? <laughs> and then the red spot. So that's what I'm saying. So the whole planet is beige and brown, and then there's this red fucking spot. Man, you put your hand in the red spot, just swirling it, 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 it gotta be sizzling, like whatever it is, like Chili's food when they bring it to you. <laughs> like when it's someone die in Elden Ring, <laughs> just fade away. Fuck that game. Walk into the red and just fade away, yo. Oh my God. Jupiter is. I mean, yeah, those. They're like bosses. <laughs> so yeah, I want to. I want to go off or off planet though, man. Because the shit that's going on here, god damn it. We'll we get into that after we introduce the show, man. So uh, with all of that said, it's been about three minutes and thirty seconds. <laughs> I guess we could just go ahead and say, yeah. Good. It's your boy Ringo Mandingo. And this is the hashtag just saying podcast. I guess we need some sound effects at one point, huh? Yeah, you might want to get on that soundboard though. I thought I thought this had the soundboard. Me too. But until that, but then what up? We just played off your phone. I could have did that. Nah, fuck that, man. We ghetto. Um What's popping though, man? What's been good, dog? It's been a minute, man. They've been looking for us. What you been up to, Kai? Drinking water, minding my business. That's nah, it. No, nah, but real shit. Just this life, mm-hmm. like being human. Yeah, it's been a struggle. Yeah, I'm and, with you. Uh, I'm with you. It really had to like bunker down and get some shit right. Yeah. And uh, for the past, it's been like what? About, I don't want to say it's three months. Yeah. I want to say it's about three months. Somewhere around there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. I had to had to had to get life in order, get affairs in order. Any any positive updates that you have? No. <laughs> any negative updates that you have? Plenty. <laughs> it's part of life, oh, man. Shit. It's, it's, it's how life like, goes, yeah, yo. Sometimes I just feel like upswings and downswings. Man, they is fucking me up with these downswings, dog. He's like, wait a minute, did it repeat the downswing? It never swung back. My chin is fucked up. It like, never swung oh, back. Man. All right. Yeah. But nah, it, it, it ain't bad. It ain't nothing that I can't handle. And it could always be worse. Always be worse. You know what I'm saying? Even though that's not real talk, that's not nothing to look forward to. When well, niggas that, be like, well, you know, you got to be thankful because it could be. That don't make me feel better because I'm still in this. Right. Like, that isn't. All right. So it's going to change tomorrow. Like, I appreciate what I, you're telling I, me. I appreciate what I have and what I do and what I accomplished. But, but comparing me to the homeless nigga is yeah, not helping not, yeah, me right not, now. It's not doing that. Like, I know I'm not homeless, but shit. 
Yeah. It's, it's still bad. It could be worse. It's, it yeah, could be worse. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't make me feel better ever. So, so that's just a little shout out to the people that always hit you with the it could be worse though. Yeah. They be shout trying to help. They be I, trying to help. Shout out to me for telling people just like that too. Cause I'll be like, yo, it could be worse. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you could be homeless. Yeah. You, you don't want to be that. No. <laughs> but the niggas be like, well, next month I don't know what I'm gonna do. I might be. You be like, oh shit. Well, uh, shit getting real. Yeah, you gotta get it together. <laughs> shit is getting real. Yeah. So, you know, in life, got a job promotion, had I was busting my ass for a minute. Big facts, okay. And, uh, that's another reason why. And then uh schedules was just not lining up. Real talk, like every single time. We was really trying, y'all. For real, like, and it just was not lining up. The one time we got together. And I think we damn near, I think we fell asleep almost. <laughs> Yo, like we didn't even get I to was it. Like... We was in here. We was together. We had planned to record. And I think we was both dead ass almost sleep. sleep. And I was like, nigga. And that's the problem. I said, nigga, forget it. Oh, <laughs> forget sleep, it. Man, niggas was sleep. Oh, my God. I had people looking for this shit. They was like, what happened? Did you guys record this weekend? <sighs> tired, bro. <laughs> Niggas was just tired. Like, yo, I need a nap. Yeah, it's been, it's definitely been a lot going on, man. So for me, my upswing was lit. I was popping. I said, oh man, everything is going well. Niggas got the joint. Like, yo, you in the excellent credit section. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, you know my the things were going great at work. Uh, everything is lining up, making plans, being part of the manage the executive management team table making changes, positive things, and then everything just went fucking left. And I said, well, there's the downswing. And it's been on the down. It hasn't flown back up yet. You know what I'm saying? Also part of my upswing, you know, my gun coaching shit was popping. I learned something. I took some more pro classes, and I learned some new shit that I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And, and I, shit, I feel even more like the Black John Wick now. Pull up on me now if you want to. Yeah, but you're not out there with the pencil, though. Nah, not yet. I'm not. I gotta take the advance. I gotta take the advance course. Let me get to the pencil. So yeah, we got beginners, intermediate, advanced. The pencil is the you know what I'm saying. Crayon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I mean, you could kill a nigga with a dull, a dull crayon. <laughs> a, a brand new pencil that's unsharpened. Yeah, flat. Right out flat the box. lead number two. The fresh eraser with the green, with the, the green, green metal number, around yeah, it. Yeah. That's the good one. That's when you know your eraser gonna work. They say, oh yeah, this is a good test. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm gonna pass this. <laughs> nigga I was confident I used to take my test with drawing pencils cause I knew I wasn't gonna need to erase uh, uh, oh. <laughs> you feel me oh. confidence Ooh. confident Ooh. <laughs> that was a good one <laughs> but yeah man but despite all of that shit we here persevered we made it man Finally. you know what I'm saying we up here so that was our mental health check. We here now. Yeah, man. Uh, we miss y'all. We miss the folks, man. It's so funny how I still get mad messages. And shout out to everybody who's, who sends me ideas. They like, they really want to hear our opinions on certain things that's going on. And I'm like, damn, that actually would be a good episode. Yeah, shout out to everybody that uh, <laughs> that's done that. Um, 95% of the ideas that I've gotten is about sex. So <laughs> shout, shout out to everybody that has their opinions about something. Uh, that's what's up. You know, we, we're always writing stuff down for material for the podcast. Eventually, 
We're going to get to it. We're going to get to it. It's just wild that people want to, like, they like, yo, this thing happened, and I want to hear y'all's take on it. Mm-hmm. That, that's, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, y'all, oh, y'all want to hear what we got to say? Bet. I'm, I'm, I'm going to hit y'all with that shit, too. Because we got some shit to say. Just like today, I got some shit to say. What you got to say? Now, I'm going I'm to I'm open up to the folks, man. It was back in January. I have been quarantining the whole time. I've been safe as fuck. Like, you could ask anybody. Your boy was a hermit. DoorDash, fucking uh, Walmart pickup, Amazon. They was getting all my money, delivering everything to my door and shit. And then I started venturing outside. Mm. One of my good friends turned 40. Mm. I feel like, you know, birthdays are important, man. And as men, we don't celebrate them for each other enough. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to my 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 circle, Double G, uh, the homie Keith, my boy Marcus. Like y'all, some healthy dudes. Like y'all dudes actually celebrate birthdays and shit. You know what I'm saying? I never I never had that growing up. So it's my man' 40th per, uh, birthday party. He had a 70s theme going. We had afros and, and and fur coats and and all kinds of shit. It was lit, and I had to go, man. I had to pull up on that. And we had our mask off, you know, because we had to take pictures and we took some dope ass pictures. And then all of a sudden, two days later, mm. I started dying slow. Mm. Sitting in the crib. You had that ether in your chest. <laughs> couldn't clear my throat. <clears throat> it would not clear. I'm drinking all the tea. I said, damn, why is shit not clearing up? The next day, now I'm coughing. Uncontrollable. You know, the cat face with the tongue be curled up. <laughs> right. The little kid shit. Just in here spitting all. I'm like, God damn, why am I coughing like this? And then the next day, I look like Pookie from New Jack City, dog. I call this nigga. This nigga sound like. <laughs> this nigga sound like a zebra that got punched in the throat. He was. I was <laughs> finished. I sound like Pop Smoke <laughs> and Kane together. Kane the wrestler. Like it was, I, I, yo, I should have, I should have put out a drill album during that that week. That would have flopped. Nah, you crazy. I think that shit would have went ain't off, no B. Ain't no way. Because you know, you know, we gotta, you know, R.I.P. Pop Smoke, man. You know what I'm saying? Somebody need to come in and fill that void. And how, just so, anyway, just because you had the vid, <laughs> all of a sudden you trying to make the vids. What are you? What are you doing? <laughs> it's because you sound like that. yo. That was the worst fucking three weeks of my life. You know what I'm saying? The first week was the worst. The second week just felt like flu, and the third week I was recovering, but I had to go straight back to work. And it was like fuck this shit. But thank God for working from home. The vid is is real. It's no joke, and that's another reason why we. That's that was another month. Of our setback, <laughs> real talk. This nigga Double G said, "Yo, I'm not coming over there until March." It was fe- it was the be- it was at the beginning of February. It was yeah, the end of January because I think my man's number birthday was like the the 24th or something like that, or the yeah. 14th, something like that. And he thought I was playing. I told him <laughs> on the phone. I said, "Yo, I ain't coming to your crib until March." And here we are. I said, "Dog, I sanitize is good, man. Nah, I had dog. mad visitors since nah. they not sick." This nigga was not March. risking it. And I, I don't even hate on him, man, because you haven't had the vid, right? I have been clear for the entire duration. Now, I, I'm pretty sure I had that bullshit before it was called the vid. Yeah, had, yeah. They labeled me as an upper uh, upper respiratory infection. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty sure I had a, a very, very slight minor case of you it. You had an early version. Yeah, before it, it, it went 
you know, turn into something you know, literally viral. Yeah. So, yeah. So, but that entire time I was good. I was in the house. Yeah. I ain't, I ain't go outside. No, nope. I was, if I did, I was masked up mm-hmm. and, uh, I wasn't around nobody like that. And yeah. then when he got it, I said, yeah, there's no way in hell. <laughs> <laughs> there's no way. He don't get sick. No, as far as I know, I, I I rarely get sick, and that's what for me when I get sick is always something major. Yeah. Is zero to stage five cancer. That's it. Is nothing in between for me. So yeah, the vid. Well, that was that was the worst shit I, I I've experienced in a long time. <laughs> I sounded fucked. Yo, this is when I knew. So I'm in there chilling, and I'm in the bed. You know, you sleeping curled up. I hit the full stretch, like, dog. I felt like I worked out. Full body for three days straight, and my whole body from from head to toe was sore. I said, "What the fuck is?" That? I said, "This gotta be the vid," because I still didn't know yet. Mm-hmm. Went and got tested at the job site. Never got them results back. I ended up going to fucking CVS, and they hit me back the next day. Yeah, you might want to stay home. <laughs> I was yeah, like, "Fuck!" Went to the job site. Apparently, they they knew. They saw. I was like, "Yeah, we're not going to tell him." They yo, they didn't tell me shit. Shorty did the swab. I'm sure he knows. Hey, let me tell you how the game was fucked up. Shorty did the swab, pulled it out. It came out four times bigger and neon green. Ew. I said, "Oh my god!" Ew. I said, "What she about to do with it?" <laughs> she pointed it to the other side. I was like, "No, no." <laughs> <laughs> You can't cross streams. <laughs> Stuff that shit in and did it again. And it came out four times bigger. I was like, she was like, yeah, nigga, like that shit wasn't even going in the jar. Like it made like shit I on the. I told you right there. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> go- <laughs> you can see this. Don't ever come outside again. Just go, go home. Go home now. But real talk, man, I had a perfect record this whole pandemic and now I feel tainted and tarnished. Blemished. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Scarlet letter C on my chest for yeah. COVID. <laughs> I took the L, man. Oh, and so I had to put the precautions back in. And then niggas was like, yo, the mask mandate is over. I said, what? Nobody, right. So they was like, yo, y'all can gather in groups of 300 now. Oh, y'all wow. Could, y'all could spit on each other. Oh. Sneeze in the same vicinity. But, bruh, sneezes turn back to bless you. Remember right. a nigga would sneeze outside? It'd be like, oh, oh, oh. oh, oh, oh. Everybody throw hands. You know what I'm saying? Now, nigga, hit you. Oh, oh bless you. you. Oh. Oh shit, society is, is sinking back to normal. But this is the thing. What the fuck happened to COVID? Uh Russia. So Russia starts invading Ukraine and Russia. we just don't give a fuck about the pandemic no more. It was like, yo, what about the mask mandates? Yeah, so uh Putin over here. Dog. He, what? So this is the thing. So, okay. The virus was there. I had it. I know it exists. You know what I'm saying? But so, because the media is not covering it anymore, mm-hmm. it's not affecting people. They kind of. So I noticed if you, if you, <laughs> it's like it's still it's one of those. Well, if you want to find out about it, you do it yourself. Yeah. Kind of situations now. It's not. There's no mass breakout. Nobody cares. Nobody really. Yeah. It's not. It, there's just not enough going on. I'm assuming in the world. Bruh. Bring it up. When uh, we all know. It's, it's, it's mutating still. Dog, that's what I'm saying. The shit don't go away. It, it's still out there. But because Russia <sighs> is invading and, and doing what they want to do across the water, 
they feel like that's a bigger story than what's going and on. And that's in all they country. care about. The whole time COVID sitting back, Birdman hand rub like, oh, <laughs> wait till they get <laughs> a load of me. Wait till the winter time. <laughs> it's going to be like, <laughs> fucking chilling this summer at fucking rolling loud or something. And niggas going to grow octopus tentacles out their ass. Right. And then you're going to be like, oh, COVID's still out. Yeah, that's COVID-22. Passing the blunt talking about. <laughs> Damn. Shit. Let, me get, let, let me hit that. Is that what you look like? And then there it goes. Taking a fucking L, man. But that's that that's the part, yo, that gets me about this country. We are so fucking weird. That movie about the meteor crashing and shit, mm-hmm. that is a perfect parody of how America is, yo. Did you watch that shit? Oh, um Leonardo DiCaprio and Meryl Street. Yeah, it was like a parody of practically what happens on social media when and kind of when that, any that disaster crisis. jumps off. Yeah. They don't believe it, right? They 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 disregard it. They don't take it seriously until it's too fucking late. Mm-hmm. And then when we start taking it seriously, everybody is panicking, is chaos, is 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 you know what I'm saying anarchy, and then we're dead. Why? Because we're ridiculous. Because human beings are fucking ridiculous, yo. Why does it have to get to that? And then you know what black folks are doing the whole time. Mm. <laughs> joking about it yo we, <laughs> we find everything fucking funny we man we you, know, you you gotta like that is a that's a skill that is a talent to take any fucking situation and turn it into, turn it into a goddamn joke man and it's not even that if you really think about it the way we do it it's technically not really that I want to say, okay, depending on what it is yeah, it's not really a cause you, you first thought it was the laugh before you think <laughs> I'm like, ah, oh, shit, that's fucked up. You know? Right? Like, uh, yeah, But yeah. it's funny. But it'd be funny, though. It's the truth. It's, 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 a, it's coping with depression. That's what we do. That's how we do it. That's how we do it, yo. As a whole, as a people. <laughs> but that shit be real funny, man. But so I'm watching now, and I'm like, all right, Russia invading Ukraine. Now, real talk, I honestly don't feel like this is any of our business. But when my man Putin got on the thing, this, this shit was like WWE from the 90s. My nigga said, <laughs> he had the little interpreter going. My man said, if y'all don't mind y'all business on what's going on over here, I'm going to do something to America that's never been done in history. I said, oh, well, well, well hey. Leave that man I said, well, wait a goddamn minute now. <laughs> Joe Biden, you been, <laughs> hey, this nigga not playing. He on TV <laughs> saying that shit. That, that's, that's not a threat. You understand? Like, he's not fucking playing. I'm going to do something to America that has never been done in history. What? That's some super villain shit to say. He is ready to press the button. This is the, yo, again, back to human beings being absolutely ridiculous. If you hit the button, man, and you drop a nuke somewhere and that nuke takes out that whole chunk of earth and let's say it cracks the crust. What's going to happen to the rest of the world? We're finished. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we're done. Why would you do that? <laughs> you, you can't, <laughs> there's no other place for you to go. This thing is like a super villain in fucking comic books. Like, I'm going to destroy the world. Then what? <laughs> right. There's no place there's for no you to, to go. go. So what are you doing? None of us should be talking about nuclear war, dog. None of us. Everybody apologizes to Japan right now. <laughs> you that, know what I'm saying? That kind of politics. It, it's this, but at the, at, like on the flip side of that, there's so much that's been unheard. 
mm-hmm. unsaid. Oh, yeah, 1,000%. And we'll never know. We don't know as mindless civilians. We will never know. We don't know. Your clearance is never going to be high enough to know. We just turn on the news and we don't even turn and on the, the news. And the news be lying. We don't even turn on the news. We just turn on the t- YouTube. <laughs> Yo, we go to Instagram. <laughs> like, how did this get on here? Yo, niggas be getting all their current events from Instagram and shit in a they, TikTok video. They got to cut that out. Bruh. They got to cut that. They, it's bad, they, man. They got to cut it out. It's bad here. They got, they got to stop that. So the whole time, so I'm, I'm, so I'm like, I'm following the thing. I'm like, wow, like we, we at real war. You, Russia is really doing their thing over there, right? Still, none of America's business. And um, I don't, I don't know much about Ukraine. I know it was all together at one point, and they broke up USSR, and then uh, now Russia just trying to get it back, right? Mm-hmm. Cool. I, again, none of my that's European business. <laughs> let, let them deal with that. But the thing is. We watching all the Ukrainians escape the city. They they getting on trains. They trying to get on buses because they bombed the airports. There's there's no flying out of nowhere. I said, well, damn, that's strategic as fuck. So now you got to drive out, and I'm like, man, this is messed up for those people. But then I saw the Africans over there. They letting all the people, you know, what I'm saying the refugees. You getting on the trains, get out of here. But you black folks, you stop right there mm-hmm. and you wait. Until these people get on first. Wait a goddamn minute. So we getting bombed out of the sky, but y'all got time to stop and be racist? Now let's go back to the angriest black man in America episode. I can't enjoy shit. I can't. Like everything I see is that. So we had a whole war. Gas prices through the roof. Yep. $5.64 $5.64 a gallon in some places. You know what I'm saying? But with the bombs flying overhead, we still got time to stop these black people from escaping and saving their lives. Yep. Ain't that by the bitch. And that lets you know. <sighs> Earth is, like I've said before on plenty of podcasts, <sighs> Earth is trash. Dog. 100%. That's top tier hate. That's that's one. like everybody's dying, but you know what? Y'all gonna die last because that priority right there lets me know. First of all, <laughs> I can't even leave a crib to you go anywhere to do anything. Prioritizing that hating priority. people for their skin color over just life in general. Yeah, that's fucked up. Not the fact that we're also human, yo. That we all you know we're alive, but it's mm-hmm. the simple fact that oh, there's a bomb dropping, we getting fucked up. Oh wait, hold on. These niggas gotta stop You're right here, though. Than the rest we can't you. have you, please. Please let what? let this let this lady through here. Wow, wow. You right, know what I'm saying? Right. Like that's nuts. In the midst of all the turmoil, yo, some of them had to fucking walk to Poland. It's nuts. And endure that. It's brick ass over there. It ain't like it ain't. It ain't summertime. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yo, that shit is mad shameful. So I'm sitting here as a people like. I ain't gonna say fuck Ukraine, but it's none of my business, yo. It really, it's it's it's, <laughs> it's none. Ah man, see that politics. Uh, there goes the politics. It's tough, it, man. It's tough but God forbid you say fuck Ukraine. Oh, you you are you're you are terrible. Abolished. Cancel him. Oh, this God. is terrible. But yeah, see that's why that's where politics. It's so hard to discuss politics with people because there's so many 
different faucets that leak out (laughs) and it's like you can't you can't never say the right thing in politics nah no matter what decision like what's going on yeah yeah you can never say the right thing that's a fact that's a fact it's always something uh, it's it's just too much that's why i don't like talking politics oh i don't i i really don't i don't even shit you know already me i don't even like wearing certain sports teams because you know folks are talking to me about that so because it's like your opinions don't your opinion it's it's so politics are so heavy with opinions mm-hmm. but in today's society your opinion don't fucking matter hell nah who gives a fuck about what you think what i said <laughs> but was, everybody yeah, the thing about social media though all those opinions get broadcasted everybody get to share it and say it and i'm yeah, like wow some the, people need to shut the fuck up that's the problem like, you know shut the fuck up mm-hmm. but they want to be seen they want to the be facts. heard i want to be famous fucking see you <laughs> <laughs> Fuck what you talking about Fuck what you look like you said, here and see that shit. You know what I think about the war I think we should go over there And shut your ass up Cause you ain't gonna do shit when you get over there oh <laughs> You know what I'm saying Now who I was looking for Was the little boy that was up there Shooting the motherfuckers from a whole nother city That he wasn't supposed to be in Killed a couple of niggas and he got off the little seventeen year old. Oh, uh, what's his name? Rittenhouse. Yeah, why he ain't send his ass over there? Mister, want to protect the country so bad all the fucking time, right? I wonder why. <laughs> send his fucking little ass over. He should be eighteen now, right? I wonder why. Shit, he should be first enlisted because he's a gangster. He is. Did he try to? He's dangerous with the AR. Somebody? I don't know what that man did. I know he got after he got off and made that ugly ass cry face. I was done with him. You yeah, know. he tried to sue somebody because somebody <laughs> made fun of that. <laughs> Who was it? I don't know, yo. I don't remember. He was me. He was definitely a meme for hold a minute. On, let me pull that shit up. <laughs> but yeah, for so the fact, hold on. Let me fact check. Right, get some fact for checks. Yeah, if you fact check, you can check the facts exactly. <laughs> his name is Written House. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't Written House. Send his ass over there. You know what I'm saying? Oh. Since he ever just want to help so bad. Oh. Black folks, we ain't going. All right, so the first name his name was Kyle. I said John. Right? I don't know what you said. <laughs> John and Kyle. Kyle. Same. Kyle Rittenhouse. Kyle Ritt- he tried LeBron. Oh yeah, yeah he did get LeBron. into it. LeBron, I forgot yeah. about Suing that. Suing for defamation. Yeah, because he said we don't believe up. those tears. Yeah, shut up. Shut your ass up. Bron ain't Ron ain't giving you shit. Really. But yeah, man, it's just it's just wild, like how this world works, how we prioritize things, how we pay attention to things. You know what I'm saying? It is it's, it's so weird out here. I'm scrolling on my phone and I come across a clip of Kim Kardashian. She's standing there with all her sisters and she's like, yes, you guys have to work harder because that's how you get what you want. You work hard. And once you do your hard work and then you can be successful. And I'm like, this is the last motherfucker I ever want to hear this shit from. So doing some hard work. Huh? Doing hard work will get hard you. Hard work where... doing you. <laughs> Ray J did all the work. Yeah. You feel me? The video did the work. Bruh. And here you are. And you've been on ever since. Ever since. You got to think about it. Don't forget where you came from. Oh, my God. Apparently you forgot. <laughs> And my my problem with people that give that type of advice, you know what I'm saying, to any people, like it, it does that have anything to do with race, more of social economic status, is how much of a head start did you get? You know what I'm saying? Right. If you are a kid with successful parents, like your dad has a business and your mom does, you know what I'm saying? You have a leg up on 
all the other kids. Yeah, you level 30, I'm level 5. You feel me? Like, off the rip. I'm talking about as soon as you start the game, you're at 30. You got the pre-order pack and the new weapons and the new skins. Everything And the other person, it just got the game. They just cut it on. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) That's all they got is the game. They got a scramble. No soundtrack or nothing. They got to scramble to get shit. So if you got that type of leg up now, mind you, I'm not saying that these people can't work hard because you still might have to grind. You might have to grind and get out of the shadow of that successful parent and all of that shit. But you got to you got to recognize that head start that you had. You can't be halfway across the track before my gun goes off and then tell me I need to work harder to catch up. They just got to learn how to be humble with a silver spoon. That's, that's it. it. That's you know what I'm saying? Don't even give advice, yo. Just chill out. Yeah, just if you're not handing out checks for small businesses to get started and shit like that, shut your ass up. And they know they're ahead, but see, what happens is they get caught up with being ahead. Yeah, yeah. And they look back at the rest. Of, see, and, and now that's when that Dick Dastardly syndrome kick in. When you start trying to stop and sabotage the shit, mm. and then you end up <laughs> back at level five, your right, damn self. Right, you know right. what I'm saying? So, yeah, it's, it's just crazy. That's why I said the world is like mad nuts right now. Like, I'm trying to enjoy life. Speaking of the world being mad nuts, how mm. do you, what do you, what is your, because I've talked to a few people about this. How do you feel about the whole Kanye thing? Man, Kanye going through it, bro. Your happiest spring starts with Lowe's. Shop now for your favorite brands and everything you need to spruce up your home, lawn, and garden. Like top-selling riding mowers from John Deere, self-propelled mowers from Honda, and customizable storage solutions from Closet Made. Roll out that new mower, bring out that spring wardrobe, and bring on spring. Shop in-store, online, or through our app today. Lowe's, home to any budget, home to any possibility. U.S. only. Shop Academy Sports and Outdoors three-day online-only sale and get up to 50% off the best brands. Buy online and pick up in-store. Plus, get free shipping on most orders over $25. Visit your store or academy.com. Ends March 30th. Exclusions and restrictions apply. See academy.com slash disclaimers. Ah, it's, it's so it's messed up, right? Because as a, I identify with him as a black man and how you're voicing your opinion. You're, you're yelling to the top of your lungs right. and nobody seems to give a fuck about what you talking about right because of your stature because of who you are yeah. right and who your wife is you know what i'm saying so you we already know even if it wasn't them break it down to just a regular man and woman we know how the laws go you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. every state is for the woman's right especially when it comes to kids i don't have any children but i've seen this like with my friends with family all of that women get all of the rights when it comes to the kids I, you know what I'm saying? Like, I watched a video where the dad got the kid's haircut. Moms was popping the fuck off, being aggressive as shit. The, 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 the mom-in-law was all in his face. I think I seen that. Yeah. Oh, my God. It was just so triggering. You know what I'm saying? because oh, he got a haircut. Oh, he, no, he got a haircut without her permission. permission. And she, yeah, yeah, and it's like, it yep. nigga, these my kids, too. What you mean, permission? Yeah. Like, that's like as the father of two sons, my job would be to get the. I go to the barbershop. You don't go to the barbershop, so why would you be mad that I took him to the barbershop? So Kanye, even with who he is, literally one of the biggest stars of all time, he still goes through the same shit. You know what I'm saying? And I think his is worse. It's worse because of the environment that he's in. Public eye. And when I ask people and I go, you know, when people start talking about, oh, I I hate Kanye. Like, why do you hate Kanye? 
Like, what has he done that's been 100% hateful? Right, right. Like he, he's not saying anything wrong. Right. He doesn't, he, he doesn't, he doesn't say anything to trigger you. Yeah. yeah. He's, he said he's done some, he said some outlandish shit. Of course. But, mm-hmm. but at the same time, a lot of this stuff really started spiraling after his mom passed. Yeah. And then all of it, you, you can tell his music went to a whole, it just shifted. Yeah, it did. And you can't really come back from that. No. That's a piece of him that's, that's gone. So mm-hmm. to sit to sit here and judge like being in that judgmental frame, you got to understand the entire picture. Yeah. And then to come into this whole Kim situation, that whole family is just ridiculous. Rid- yeah. I, yo, any 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 black man that's successful, athlete, rapper, whatever, if you get involved with one of those women, you got to be out your fucking mind, dog. Finished. Like I don't understand. You see what they do? They have finished. There's something. Left there's and right. something in their vaginas. You know what I'm saying? They snatch souls. They, yo, think about salt. every dude that has dealt with them. Lamar Odom started smoking crack. Yo, this man. He's a whole fucking L.A. Laker. This man went from championships to smoking crack after fucking with Chloe, right? Dog, let's go through Kim's little resume. Well, Ray J is still Ray J, so I guess that didn't affect him. He's selling, uh, Reggie Bush? Where he at? What happened to him? Where's he at? Nobody, does he play? Nobody no. No, he does not play. No. <laughs> missing in action. Nobody knows what happened to him. Reggie Bush is just missing in action. You know what I'm saying? Um, it was somebody else too. It was somebody else before Reggie Bush. After Ray J, before Reggie Bush, Kim was fucking with somebody. It doesn't matter because we don't know where the fuck. They but had. this is what I'm saying. Like those women ruin niggas. Travis Scott is not fucked up for real. But I think that 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 particular daughter isn't all the way caught up yet. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. she doesn't have all her powers active yet, yeah. so he got in early enough, and then got the fuck out yeah. But you still got a kid with her though, yeah, so you still right. there forever. Right. And it's just like, dog, did you watch Genius mm. on Netflix? Mm-mm. Oh man, if you if you it's a three part documentary on Kanye West. He basically had his man Coogie following him with a camera since like 97 i saw clips yeah i saw different but i didn't watch the full thing though so if but what you said i thought you saw it based off of what you had just said because when you watch him interacting with his mom yo you see that his mom he, he always had that confidence the whole time you know what i'm saying even when he seemed like a meek shy little dude mm-hmm. kanye had this confidence in him and it was instilled by donda like that lady Love that man. You know what I'm saying? Like she's sitting there at the at the kitchen table with him. She was like, Kanye, what was that one song I used to like? And she just started spitting it. And then Kanye didn't even know the words. And then he started catching up to her. She knew it. She always believed in this nigga. Right. Which made him believe in himself. She had gave him some advice. She said, Kanye, a giant can't see anything when he looks in the mirror. You know what I'm saying? She was like hitting that nigga. So what I think is he was always the way he was, but his mom kept him anchored and grounded to earth. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's what I, that's what I'm saying. Like after that, after she left, the hinges came off. He didn't have anything to hold him down. Yep. And so his, him and his mans fell off. The dude that had been recording all these years, they fell off for like a good seven, eight years. And that was a time where the Taylor Swift shit popped off and, you know, he married Kim K and all of that happened in that time frame. So imagine this. You got this lady, this 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 doctor, 
this prolific black woman as your anchor to earth, she passes away due, due to uh, elective surgery. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You probably was funding that surgery. Probably, yeah. You probably feel guilty as shit about what's happening. Mm-hmm. And then the replacement, because, you know, and it's that order for a man, it should be like the man, your wife, the children, your mother. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So now the wife comes in and she's filling the void of the mom. But the wife is fucking Kim Kardashian and that whole Kardashian clan. And that influence, my nigga, is totally different from what he was supposed to get. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so it's, it's I, and I told, and the thing is, I followed from way back then to now, you can see the transition. Yeah. And so it just, it just baffles me when people are like, oh, my God. Well, what don't you like? What about don't you him? like about him? Because he what? Because what the whole Kim thing? Right, right. But the Kim thing is not where it started. Not at all. Nowhere near. Not at all. <laughs> you know what I mean? This started years ago. Yeah. When he started unhinging. When he said so, the thing was, if you go back and listen to all the rants and shit, it wasn't like the nigga wasn't speaking facts though. He just they were just the way, so random. Yeah, he just said it in a way that you probably ain't never heard it. Yeah, he yelling it. It's like. You remember he was having the the little riff with Jay Z, and he was yelling that stuff when he was having the issues with Gap and and Adidas. He he was talking all this freedom <laughs> shit. Yelling that sway, and we like, but nigga, you you in the one percent, you rich. What you mean? Sway was about to beat his ass. <laughs> sway looked like he was about to beat his he ass. Got the answers. <laughs> But it was a but the nigga wasn't saying nothing wrong. If you go back and stop paying attention to the outburst and listen to what he was saying and you kind of take it and put it in order a little bit, yeah, then like, you'd be like, oh, this nigga oh, is saying shit. some shit. He literally on some Malcolm X shit, but it just was sounding real crazy. Because <laughs> it's, it's coming from Kanye. Because it like, was coming from Kanye yo. and this nigga wanted to run for president after hugging on Donald Trump. I, I'm all over the place. Like, now, I'm confused. That one, that one had me like, is this part of the whole what? They're like, there's, there's got to be a reason. He said he just said that Donald Trump is a free spirit that's going to do what the fuck he want to do. And he wants that level of freedom. So he respects him for having that freedom. Now, my question is, out of all these seven billion million people in the world why choose donald trump because then as an example other people ain't doing free spirit my thing other he might be right though because other people wasn't doing what they wanted to do you can't say whatever you want via twitter then again i've never had a conversation with donald trump i'd never want to either and i i, I don't <laughs> but to sit here and call him a free spirit there were good people on both sides <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> I want to talk to that little hand ass. Fantastic free spirit. <laughs> I don't want to talk to none what? of What? What? So, yeah. So, the nigga Kanye not crazy. And the shit that he's requesting right now, he wants his eight-year-old daughter off of TikTok. You know how many fucking gross-ass predators and all kinds of shit is on TikTok? Now, yeah. Now it's becoming a more... Now, I guess... That side of the father, yeah, side, and then you could relate. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because I, I totally agree with that. Why, why would she be up there? Now, mind you, most children aren't even a brand like them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, even I, I, if I was just me, if I had a daughter or a son, I wouldn't want them on that platform either, just because of the information they would have access to. Like, you think she up there just doing her own little things, and she not clicking through and seeing all the. I ain't even got to do nothing with my tool off. 
Yeah, your baby don't need like to see that. Doing then yeah. doing those TikToks. Your baby that. don't need Come to on, see man. that. She's still pissing on herself sometimes. Hold on. So her drawers is still pissy. She don't need to be seeing all of that stuff. Facts. You know what I'm saying? So he's not saying nothing wrong. But on top of that, that whole family, nigga, they are brand now. So if little mama get on TikTok and tell the kids to eat Teddy Grahams, nigga, Teddy Grahams stock is about to skyrocket. She has too much power to be on social media. And so he's coming from, uh, he took a real religious standpoint, which I didn't, you know, see coming. But nigga made Jesus walks. What the fuck? He's a religious dude. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah. So he was like, no, this is what I just don't want. And y'all not respecting it all the way to the point where he couldn't even help choose what school she goes to. He didn't want her to go to that school that all the kids go to that's all fucked up. Mm-hmm. He don't want his daughter to end up like Euphoria. What's wrong with that? He's not saying nothing wrong. <laughs> and they villainizing this nigga, I acting did. like Kim is going through so much. <laughs> that's just funny because I, I did watch all of Euphoria. That shit is wild. That's <laughs> that how the fucking kids fucking end up nuts. at Sierra Canyon. You I know see, what I'm saying? Yo. These kids grown as a bit. I ain't grow up like that. <laughs> Yo. We used to look at drug users like, oh, yeah. That show. Them kids is different on there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he like don't that. want his kids to be like that. He a bad guy. Did you watch it? Did you watch the video? <laughs> <sighs> Was it good? It's like, man, Nate, calm the fuck down, dog. What, are you- <laughs> what is going on here? Shit is crazy. So, uh, yeah, it's wild. And then, and then not to mention what. Okay. Your ex-wife. Gets a new boo, right? You might feel like the new boo is beneath you for whatever reason, but that nigga is right there. You know what I'm saying? She's big up in them everywhere she go. And then this man is talking shit to you via comedy, via skits, posts, whatever. I think that's the normal, but that's the normal thing. That, 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 hold on. So that, that, you gotta take you gotta take a celebrity's that situation on mm. celebrity status and compare it to regular, a regular nigga. Like, it's the same shit. It's just that the celebrities have names, yeah, and you know who they are as opposed to some regular situation between Tyrone and Jalika. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. the same shit. But the thing, like, all right, so I've like I said, I don't have any children, but I've dealt with women with kids. And you know what I'm saying? As Shorty's current man, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I could I could speak on her. You know what I'm saying? Even if I have a relationship with the kids, I could speak on to them. But if that father comes in and says he not feeling something, nigga, that is none of my business yeah. as a boyfriend. And I'm falling right the fuck on back. Y'all deal with that. Y'all was dealing with each other before. Y'all made all these little motherfuckers. You know what I'm saying? See, niggas ain't sensible like that, though. But that's stupid. Niggas, that's stupid. Niggas, niggas feel like it's a threat if you got to come into my situation. Because now they think, oh, this is my situation. But them ain't your kids. You ain't in this. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. not your kids, dog. This is not your... Yeah, so... Even after like, you get married... Them still not your kids, bro, and that that man still has a right to whatever. Oh, I take care of them, you, but 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 you did not make them. You didn't make that you child, didn't, you didn't bro. Make that kid, Shorty though. chose you to help her in her life now, but these kids don't need a new father because I'm right here. You know what I'm saying? Totally different aspect. Yeah. Me and my man's was talking about that, and he was he took a stance of as the new man, he would have the right to fuck Kanye up, and I was like, how so? And he was like, because this nigga disrespecting my girl. I said, but your girl 
is his wife because mm. they're not even divorced yet. Right. Fuck is you talking about? So as far as staking claim on the motherfucker, I think the hierarchy would go wife, girlfriend. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But he was like, yeah, because once he started getting spicy and doing all of that, as as her man, I got the right to step in and be like, yo, fuck that. Like Pete did. So he he felt like those text messages that the nigga sent. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yo, chill. Kim is a great mom to your kids. Dog, that's not to me. That's not his right. This Don't tell me how great my motherfucking baby mother is. My ex-wife is, nigga. You know what I'm saying? But why would you even bring that up, though? Why like, mind you your business. So he said that, telling, trying to get this nigga to fall back. No. And he was coming off real like, yo, I'm pro-mental health. I'm pro-helping you. Oh, yeah. He was like, I'm let's, pro-helping, like, let's y'all mend it. and talk about then it. Then this nigga goes, I'm in bed with your wife and sends a picture, a selfie of him in the bed. If you don't think Kanye got every right to stomp this motherfucker the fuck out, I don't know who you are. I don't get it. You know what I'm saying? That's 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 like raw disrespect. No? Or am I tripping? Nah, nah. You, you, you were absolutely... And then look who it is. It's fucking <laughs> Pete, Pete Davidson. Davidson. First of all, this nigga, yo, I don't judge no niggas on their looks. Your extracurricular activities are enjoyable, but they could be magical. Get the heightened tingle in all the right places with Chingling. It's the better sex pill for husbands, wives, entanglements that make your sexual experience spectacular. Nice to end too early or mornings that aren't as vigorous? Chingling, baby. Put a little get up, stay up, and go harder in the bedroom where it counts. Why be good when you can be great? Make your love life magical and order yours today at Chinglebrands.com. That's C-H-I-N-G-A brands.com. The General Insurance presents Ordering a Sandwich with Shaq and Hall of Fame announcer Michael Buffer. I'm going to have roast beef. What do you want, Michael? Let's get ready for pastrami on rye. Turns out Michael Buffer talks like that all the time. And it turns out The General is a quality insurance company that's been saving people money for nearly 60 years. Spicy Dijon mustard. For a great low rate and nearly 60 years of quality coverage, make the right call and go with The General. The General Auto Insurance Services, Inc. Insurance Agency, Nashville, Tennessee. Some restrictions apply. But he's a weird looking ass white dude, man. You know what I'm saying? He is actually funny though. I give him that. But is what is this nigga doing to shorties? Cause he has taken down some high value targets. Women like regular niggas. He gotta be packing a gusto women, or something, yo. Women like regular niggas. He gotta be rebreaking hymens or something. They just like regular to them kept to themselves. You know, it's funny, they <laughs> women gotta go through a bunch of high value well-known niggas that ain't shit to get to that one regular nigga that's actually like damn that nigga kind of cool. so you think so you think a pete davidson is like a russell wilson like you think that's like all like all the shorties be praying uh, for because i'm like uh but it's just like where this nigga come saying, from like that's another thing like where did this nigga <laughs> what did they meet where, where did, Kim did this kick? nigga come from <laughs> he had to be somewhere in the vicinity Long prior to uh, Kim and Kanye going through some shit. Where did Kim Kardashian meet this nigga at? Because apparently, I don't even remember. I don't remember how it happened. I don't uh-huh. know. Because when I seen it, I was like, who the fuck is Pete Davidson? Yo, they had to meet at a L.A. party doing coke. And I said. <laughs> that's the only explanation that I'll accept that makes sense. Why them niggas was playing no more parties in L.A.? You feel me? <laughs> and doing coke. Like, you got to put the coke in there. And then it'll make sense. 
everything else, like that that woman shouldn't even know that man. Like they shouldn't be in the same place at all. You know what I'm saying? Like because Pete is famous, but it's like SNL. He's almost local New York famous. You I know mean, what I'm saying? I mean, you know, from from you know Ariana Grande to Kim Kardashian. But, but that's what I'm saying. He's he's on tier. He he yo his high value target list. He, shit, he is sniping away. You know what I'm saying? Next, I don't know what he. What's next after that? Was after Kim K? You know what's funny? Hey, whatever after, he after want. Kim, like nobody really recovers. Nah. After, any, after anybody in that family, nobody really recovers. I watched a little interview with Kim K. She said that man got three tattoos that represent her and a brand. Like he branded himself, her his her name on him. I think it's some kind of cult kind of shit. He's nuts. To do some shit. I think he's wild dude. Or it though. could be one of the situations where it's like. You get you got this, you know. You got somebody like Kim, mm-hmm. and then it's you. And so he's just trying to make sure she understands. And she trying to make sure, like, hey, this is the best thing I've ever fuck what I had before. Yeah, which is crap. Wow, I, I can't. Which is still top notch, but it's mm-hmm. like, yo, I don't want to lose this. Yeah, whatever, whatever's going on. So hey, let me go ahead and get this brand. But imagine getting your chest branded with her name. No. You get all these little tattoos that represent her, and then she goes on a talk show, and they like, "What do you think about it?" And she goes, "I think it's killed." Bitch, wait, wait a minute! I didn't, I didn't destroyed my body. Get to cutting that shit out of me. <laughs> she said, "I think she, I think it's killed." Wait a minute! I you know what I'm saying? I thought all that shit was for publicity. Me too, but like I don't know. They apparently they mad serious for real. But then it could be like the Kanye and Drake thing. They just did that shit just to. And I think they was really beefing. I don't really think so. I think they did it just for the sake. Kanye said it in the song that him and Drake is at peace. So I think it was really bothering him <laughs> that they was beefing the whole time. I don't know. But <laughs> Big Sean said that nigga's obsessed with Drake. Yeah, see, the, the music industry is just weird. It's so weird. It's so fucking weird. All of them dudes are weird. You know what I'm saying? About the Kanye and the Kid Cutting <clears> thing. Like, yeah, that was crazy. Talked, you know, he talked shit about him or whatever. Like, that whole, and then was dapping. Like, it's, you know, well, that's some regular shit. Yeah, that's but, how but, it goes. But it's Kanye and Kid Cutting. You yeah. know, you would have never thought that kind of conversation would come up. Right, right, and, with them beefing. You know, it's just like the music industry is just so fucking it's, so it's, dark. It's really it's a lot of dark areas mm-hmm. that nobody will ever get to see. But I think it's reflective of the whole world and all the whole society right now. Yeah, yeah. It's just shitty right now. It's really, it's very weird outside. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> COVID went away and evil and <laughs> took place. Russia came out of nowhere. It's, know, it's really weird out here, man. So yeah, it just I just been watching everything and and having epiphanies about myself and trying to improve things in my life and look at us, man. And we finally got the time to pop. <laughs> it's the best thing that Shit. came out. <laughs> Shit, we got plenty to talk about. God damn, man. if it ain't wild out here right now. Shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's yeah, that's crazy. So yeah, but so overall though, I'm 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 riding with Kanye. You know what? I don't even fuck with D- what D.L. Hughley is doing right now. I never liked D.L. Hughley. He was okay, but he he I was really pro-black for a while. And now I don't understand this. Like, your pro-blackness doesn't match what you're doing to Kanye. And he keeps saying that he's concerned for Kim because Kanye's acting like a stalker. Yeah, because I heard, I, heard, I heard this shit on the way to work to the uh, on the Breakfast Club, and they were mm. talking about how DL is backing Kanye and and how Kanye got all of these 
now he's getting all these people to support whatever, you know, his mm. side of the campaign that he's putting on. And I'm just mm. like, the only, like I said, the only difference between what they doing and what happens in our lives mm-hmm. is that there's names, actual, factual yeah. names. And they on Front Street for everybody. For everybody to, yeah. to see. That's wild. And I, I would never want that. Fuck that. Fuck the fame, yo. Give me the guap. You know what I'm saying? Give me the guap. And I'd be cool with all the famous niggas too. But I just don't need to be famous myself. I don't need everybody in my business, yo. You know what I'm saying? So I don't I don't like that. I feel like Neo DL is a comedian and Kanye is not gonna beat this nigga on Twitter. You know what I'm saying? Like right. you're not gonna win that. Yeah. yeah. You're not gonna win that. I just never thought DL was funny to me. He he a roaster though. That was his claim to fame in the beginning. But so he was tearing Kanye ass up on Twitter, and I was like, Kanye, just get out of there. <laughs> Kanye doesn't belong on Twitter like that. <laughs> Throwing in the towel, get out of there. <laughs> <laughs> he just, yeah, Kanye doesn't belong. Kanye belongs exactly where he belongs is behind the mic. Keep doing what you do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because it, that nigga definitely really does. Right now, he definitely may have the feature of the year from that five year old foreign song, that New York City joint. Mm. Kanye's verse on there was so crazy. I didn't even know it was Kanye. I was like, damn, this nigga Favi just went crazy. When is Ye gonna come out? That was Ye. He took Favi's flow and he killed that shit. Like, real talk. Like, mm. legit killed that shit. I'm still banging uh, the shit in him and uh, Game did. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm banging that shit every morning. So that's why I said, niggas got, he, he's still a genius now. Yeah, you, as you, far you as that music goes. On whatever he makes. I'm a play and I'm not, it's, it has nothing to do with Kanye's music and with his personal, whatever his endeavors is, what yeah. he's going through. Yeah. Some of that shit does mix, but it's still a Kanye product at the end of the day. And I'm going to play that shit. Tell me this. Do you get a stem player? Now that's something I'm not getting. <laughs> <laughs> Just so I can play Donda 2. That'll be rich uh, and rich somewhere else. Yeah, you already know it's going to be all that over the place. It was $200. I looked at it. I said, you know what? Maybe I'll go and support. Oh, shit. Nah, not, not, not 200 wanna, nothing. Have you seen this nigga? First of all, this nigga's slippers is $239. Jesus. And then you want me to go buy a Steam player? Yeah. For the same that. price as the slippers? Nah, that's unacceptable. Get the fuck out of here, nigga. He, yo, I, he'll sell some shit, though. Yeah, Because plenty of shit. people bought that shit. And I was going to buy that shit. Plenty of people bought that shit, I yo. I was going to buy it just to hear Donda 2. And was like, man, somebody will rip that, that shit. That shit is going to be everywhere in a, in, a, in a day. Don't even worry. We might get it before the niggas on the stem player, to be honest. He said he didn't want to give Spotify no sales because niggas wasn't get making no money. So no, that's real shit, though. Now, now, I that's understand a, that. Now, yeah. that's, that's a move. You yeah. feel me? Like, it's not just niggas talking shit. Or theorizing, it's a it's an artist taking action. Mm-hmm. All right, since I'm not, I'm only getting paid pennies on the dollar for everything that I put on. They telling you how much a stream is worth and all of that shit. Nah, fuck that. My content not going up there. Get this little thing, and that's where all my content is going to be. But mad people bought it though. It's not affordable, but mad people bought it. You know what I'm saying? And that's where you got to get his shit from. I'll buy it if you come down off of them slipper prices. <laughs> Yo, I hate all of those shoes and slippers and clothes. Like, I don't like nothing that nigga do. I ain't even gonna hold clothes, you. I, you wouldn't catch me. I can't do none of that oversized stuff. Them the boots, them big ass jean jackets with two foot of sleeves. That nigga said I wear these boots in the shower. 
Yo, I <laughs> believe him too. Fuck. I believe oh, him too. Boots in the shower. He gave something to Fivey. This nigga Fivey walking around in the koi pond talking about how his feet not getting wet. <laughs> Shut up, nigga. He's fucking I was dead, yo. Galoshes on his feet. Oh, what are we doing out here as hey, a people, man? God. Yo, them, them, they not never going to hit. They not going to hit. Yo, no. off of here. You look like the killer from I Know What You Did Last Summer. Like, them <laughs> shits is not going to fly, bro. Like, I don't care how cool you think you are. You can't get those boots off, man. You can't get them off. Trust me. You're not going to get them off. People not writing them shits. So, he did have Pusha T in them jeans, though, in that video. Looking stupid. He need to cut them fucking braids. <laughs> Pusha, Pusha T too old for that shit, man. Oh, for his braids. Yeah, he's he too over that shit, man. Take them, take them fucking braids out, dog. Do something, like do something different, man. Yuck. <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> do something different, bro. So yeah, man. So yeah, this is a little little comeback episode, man. Yeah. Came back from hiatus. Let the folks know we here. We back. We should be back on a little steady rotation for y'all, for all those who are waiting. <laughs> <laughs> for all those who are waiting, you know what I'm saying? We getting to them. We, we got everything in the documents. We'll, <laughs> in the documents. We'll, we'll get to it. We got a lot. We got a lot to talk about. Yeah, facts. So what's the moral of the story for the day, man? Moral of the story of the day for the week. Moral of the story for the past three months <laughs> is actually uh, um just enjoy life, man. Just this it's not really a moral. Just just enjoy life. Stop 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 sweating the small shit. That's that's a good advice, you know what man. I mean, if you know you you never put in a situation that you can't handle. God never put you in a situation that you can't handle. So, man, I sometimes I be questioning though, like God I, I damn. Me too, but at the, like, I'm still here. I'm God, here, like roof over my head, food in my stomach, I'm clothes like, on my but back. God, how strong do you think I am? Uh, he said, hey, "Look, <laughs> shoulders." I've been going through what I'm going through, and all my good friends is hitting me with the "A hey, man." You know, you maybe you outgrew that thing, and God is saying you was too comfortable. And I said, "Well, I'm really uncomfortable now." I'm really uncomfortable now, hey, God. But you know what they say, though. You, in order for you to be successful, you got to be uncomfortable. Yeah, I feel it. You gotta be. Uh, so uh, coming off of all of this, I feel like either I'm going to be <laughs> the next Kanye West, <laughs> or I'm gonna be a nobody. I'm gonna be dead or something because this it oh, is be in my skin it right is now. Itchy. Is it is sweaty. It's hot. It's cold. It's everything it could be right now for me, yeah, dog. I understand. Shit. Sometimes I'll be like, yo, I look, I look at the ceiling like, yo, what are you doing? What is, what is happening? What I'm is like, you? I know I can't question it, but fuck. What did I do? Why, yeah, why do you think I can handle this? Where do you this? want me to go? What more do you want from me? <laughs> and everybody keeps saying, well, just talk to him. I am. Yeah, I am. <laughs> he just keeps sending more discomforts. <laughs> Give me a chance. <laughs> Shit, man. But yeah, man, as always, a person is useless without purpose. A purpose is useless without a plan. A plan is useless without execution. Execution is useless without passion. Passion is wasted without consistency. So go forward and be the best you you can be. This is your boy, Ringo Mandingo. Double G. This is the hashtag Just Saying Podcast. We out. All right. We appreciate you joining us. 
Hashtag Just Saying Podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Ringo Mandingo. Special shout out to the homies Hating Ass Jones and Double G. To spread the love and help us grow, please like and subscribe to the podcast. If you want to add to the conversation or participate with a topic, please comment and share in the hashtag Just Saying Podcast Facebook group. You can follow us on Facebook at Just Saying Podcast and on Instagram at hashtag Just Saying Podcast. Also, you can listen to us anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast. Apple, Stitcher, Deezer, Spreaker, SoundCloud, and on YouTube. Holla at us. Hashtag Just Saying Podcast. Spring Essentials at Market by Macy's, our smaller neighborhood store featuring the designers you love, plus some local ones too. Come in for curated styles from brands created with you in mind, like And Now This and Bar 3, plus classics like Levi's, Adidas, and more. Best of all, we make shopping easy with online order pickup and returns. Check us out today at Presidential Markets and South Point Shopping Center. Market by Macy's, small store, so much to love. Welcome to the Gabbing While Gaming Podcast, Episode 3. Today we have special guest, Killer Nikki Dow. Uh, she can be located at twitch.tv slash Killer Nikki Dow. Alright, I don't know if you can hear me or not. I can hear you. How are you doing today? Good, and yourself? I am always good, other than sticking a screwdriver through my hand this morning, but that's a whole other subject. Yeah, that doesn't sound good. It didn't feel good. But uh, I no. will eventually today get that sink fixed. Oh, God, a sink. Those are those are fun. <laughs> it's actually just a little sprayer thing on the side. It should be an easy fix, but my house is a disaster. It was the people who we bought it from did a lot of their own work, and it has a lot of the wrong stuff in the wrong places. So uh, it will be a chore, but it will get done. Uh, so you're a, stream, a streamer. How long have you streamed? I've actually been streaming since, I believe, July 12th of uh, 2021. Okay, so that's 
about eight months, if I can do math. Eight to nine months. Yeah, about that long. Uh, what got you into it? So this is going to sound super cheesy. Um, I was on mat leave at the time. And with COVID, you know, I wasn't able to see family members. I wasn't really uh, able to do anything. So what I, what my husband kept saying for the longest time is maybe you should start streaming. And I was very much against it because I come from like a household that's like, no, you know, that's not a real, real thing you do. You know, you're an adult. And when I actually started doing it, I was like, wow, I'm actually enjoying this. I'm making connections with people. Like may maybe what I've been hearing all along is just part of, part of the language. Bullshit. <laughs> you know, I forgot to do one major thing. Um, Val Kitty's watching right now. Thank you for joining. I didn't grab my controller before I started, so I'm just like, okay, um, how do I start my game? Because I have no access to my keyboard at all right now. Um, <laughs> and Val Kitty, you are right. There is nothing easy when it comes to plumbing. Something always goes wrong. Oh, God. Now, what's your favorite part of streaming? I think it's the fact that I've built a community where... I can be very open and honest. Not that I'm not an honest person or very open with people in general. It's more like I can actually message them after hours and I can say to them, hey, are you doing okay? Like, you know, let, let's have a little chat. And they're like, yeah, let's do that. And I'm like, oh my God. It's like, it's like they want to actually talk with me. And so it's nice to have that, you know, getting to know somebody. And because a lot of the time, like I was saying, when I was on that leave, I did feel alone a lot. And so between the community and also, you know, meeting different streamers, I've really found that I'm a lot more comfortable, uh, you know, being able to talk on screen and things like that. Because before I was the like the shyest kid, I wouldn't talk, I wouldn't do anything. So it's been really nice to see myself grow as a person and also make connections with people. That is a, a wonderful thing. I have not streamed for that long. I, I mean, I told you that you probably don't realize how long I have streamed. I've actually only streamed a little bit over a month. Um, I just got lucky that I had a big Twitter when I started, so I became affiliate in eight streams. Oh, really? Yeah, and that's not something that happens very often is my understanding. I just, like I said, I happen to be lucky. Um about the fact that I had a huge Twitter following when I started. Yeah. You know, and that's not every that's something everybody has. So I won't complain about that. Um, sorry, I was trying to adjust the setting here. I noticed on OBS you could not see the game at all, so I was trying to make it a little more visible there. We have had a lot of technical issues today. Uh, that is why we started <laughs> late. We could not get the audio to come through no matter how hard we tried. I'm going to have to consult somebody on how to record audio with Discord and get that going. Now, one thing I've noticed about your community, and I've been in your community a pretty good amount of nights, I would say, for how long I've actually been on Twitch. Um, I mean, you do have a very positive community that you managed to foster. What would you suggest? Because I mean, you've been streaming for eight months, which in the life of a streamer is not very long. Mm -hmm. What would you suggest for a new streamer that wants to build the kind of community you have? Well, first, I'm just going to say, uh, I'm actually, one of my members here, Crazy Dave, uh, he, you're doing good. That's awesome. I'm glad to hear you're doing good. Um, 
one thing I would say is it's so important to actually, it's not a matter of just, I'm a streamer, they're watching me. It's, it's not like that. Like I, this might be me taking it on a whole other personal level than other people feel, but I feel like it's like, I do make connections with them and we have mutual interests and it's so important to actually get to know your community. Don't think of them as a username. Like uh, I'm actually going to take crazy day, for example, like an amazing artist. So in my category in discord alone, we have an art category and the art that he shares is just amazing. And you know, he's in school for it. And so it's so important to just not see them as, the username but actually see them as a person that you're trying to get to know hey what's up lobo thanks for stopping in and saying hi um i agree i'm still working on fostering community i have a lot of followers and not a lot of chatters matter of fact dave, no 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 you deserve the you, sorry he uh, i just want to say crazy dave you deserve the uh the acknowledgement your art is fantastic seriously like i i'm jealous like sitting here like drawing a smiley face and it looks so wonky <laughs> Um, Lobo, who just joined, is actually my number one Twitch follower and my number one chatter. Uh, oh, really? Or, I'm sorry, Twitter follower. So, you know, he, he joins me quite often to keep me entertained while I am streaming, mm-hmm. as well as uh, very great at replying and retweeting my tweets. So I, I thank him. Uh, actually, too, talking about community, uh, Mango Uwuz is here, and Mango has actually created fan art of me. Um, and actually, if you go to my Twitch, and you'll see in the upper right corner, there's these little three little pixel Nickies. That was Mango. Mango surprised me the one day. Also, hi, Mango. <laughs> um, now, one thing you don't know, and I don't think I've told you, I mean, you... You pretty much only know me from being on your stream here and there. And, uh, you know, the, the reason you're on the Martha is Dead episode specifically is because the first stream I got on, you were playing Martha is Dead. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was an experience. Um, my first two people who were on the podcast, who were Jester's One Gamble and Wooded Ranger, they volunteered because I didn't have anybody to be on this podcast. Nobody knows me from Adam, especially in the streaming world. Uh, now, in the gaming world, there are more people who know me. But in the streaming world, not so much. So they, yeah. they, they volunteered to help out. And I really appreciate this. And this is no discount to them helping me out or the quality of their podcast. Because, honestly, they were wonderful. Um, as a matter of fact, we had major sound issues on the second one. And Footed Ranger is coming back on tomorrow to so we can re-record it and actually get it out there. I can't thank him more for that. But while we were going through those first couple episodes, I actually scouted through over 500 streamers. Yeah. The only people who I've asked to be on this podcast are ones that I think are really good, really quality, and foster great communities. Yeah. Because, again, too, like, when you are looking for streamers, it, a streamer is a good representation of or I should say, sorry, I'm reversing that. The community is a good representation of the streamer, in my opinion, because if you have a loving and open community, then to me, that tells me that the streamer is someone who's very much like that. So. Yeah, I mean, there is so much, so many communities, and you can only have so many on a podcast, but there are a lot that are are more positive than others. So I look for the positive ones and the ones that really foster a good uh, communication and are really good at communicating with their guests. Mm-hmm. 
So uh, I'm not even sure if you were aware of that, that I went through literally over 500 streamers to ask ones I wanted to be on the podcast. So anybody who does attend to be on the, attend on the podcast is actually specially picked with 26 slots a year. Wow. Actually, uh, I'm just going to say, I like what Mango said. They, they absolutely agree. They said, it's so interesting when you enter someone's stream and the chat is uh, is very much like the streamer themselves. It, it's, it's, an, it's an appeal that you get when you go in. Well, and you go out of your way, too. I mean, if somebody's having a bad day or having a problem, you always open yourself up if they talk, which is wonderful because sometimes that's all people need. They just need an ear to listen. Yes. So um, getting back to where we, where I started with you, Martha's, Martha is dead. Yeah. What was your, uh, what was your, let's just start with your overall opinion of the game and then we'll go from there. Now I played this originally on release date, so I actually had to refresh my memory on everything before we did the podcast, but um, what was, you just played it like a few weeks ago? Roughly. Yes, and I, I actually went on last night, and there was an alternative ending. I thought, well, like, I thought there was an alternative ending, so I was doing my research to see if I could change different outcomes, and so yeah, that's what I was doing last night. Now, I've actually last night read a lot of reviews of Martha is Dead 2, um, and it's so mixed on the reviews, and I like the game. I think some people didn't get it. Before we go further into the Martha is Dead discussion, though, I want to put this out there. There will probably be spoilers, so I want a spoiler alert going out. Also, very important to have a trigger alert, just in case where this discussion goes. This game includes animal abuse, child abuse, miscarriage, war, hanging, decapitation. If you are triggered by mental illness if you're triggered by any of those things and you are not comfortable with listening to discussion about those things please stop listening i want everyone to listen to my podcast but i don't want to trigger anybody so i want to throw that out there because there are a lot of negative things in this with that being said uh the game was not at all what i expected it to be when i played it i would not call it a horror game would you i think in those cases, they usually call it a horror slash uh, psychological thriller. Uh, I, I'm a big horror movie buff. So um, I definitely, like, I mean, I own varieties of upon varieties. And I, for a good example, I've seen, you know, Rob Zombie's House of a Thousand Corpses. Okay. Now, what what I say it goes that far, you know, there is a scene I could probably pinpoint in that movie. So it, it's kind of hard, be, hard because, like, definitely, it, it it should have like warnings for gore, psychological thriller. Like, it it really does with mess with your mind. But in a way, it does still meet the horror criteria. Yeah. See, I, I I never I didn't think it met the horror criteria. But I am also not the biggest. I mean, when I think horror, I think scary. I wouldn't call Martha is Dead the traditional sense of scary. It's definitely scary. I think it represents mental illness very well. In yes, you know, um, and actually that's something I've even talked about on um, my streams. Is For myself personally, I have, um, going back last year, I have been struggling with myself 
with, with my with my mental health and you know I'm in the process of getting on a better track and I'm taking those steps so it's definitely someone who is struggling it is probably a game I would avoid completely until you and maybe even even if you are in a better mental state maybe it's just a game to avoid completely yeah it's it's a game that's not for everybody that's for sure um, I mean, I think the most disturbing scene for me in the, the game, which when this was censored, a lot of people brought up the face cutting scene near the beginning. Um, and that's a scene that that Sony censored. As a matter of fact, I have a list of everything Sony censored. I'll, I'll go over in a little while. But there there is a scene in the game for those who haven't played it where. The mother basically kills the child's dog and makes her eat it. Pretty disturbing, and if we talk about the ending a little bit, then then it's actually questionable on whether it actually happened. I think that actually probably did happen in the game, but it, you know, the type of child abuse that's depicted definitely leads to would lead to mental illness, long term serious mental illness, and. There are a lot of people who take the meaning of the game different ways by the time you get to the end. The premise of the game starting off is that you find your sister dead by a lake and you try to figure out who killed your sister. Yeah, initially. That is not the actual premise of the game, but that is how it presents itself for about the first half. And yeah, yeah. I would, yeah, I think it's about half, and then all of a sudden it goes to a lot more storytelling and diversifying. What was the most disturbing part to you about the game? Is a scene where I actually did minimize my screen because I did not feel comfortable actually showing my community this scene. Um, this is again a trigger warning, as well as a huge spoiler in the game. So if you you are still planning to play the game, I recommend maybe kind of stepping out for a second and, and coming back. Um, but for me, it was when we have to go to the crypt where Martha is laid after they brought her to the hill, and we actually have to open her up and remove the baby inside. I, I'm not gonna lie, that was a little bit unnecessary because you're, you're looking, um, you're looking at this game, you're like, oh, this is gonna be great, this is gonna be easy, and the next thing we know, we're actually slicing, I'm part of the, the phrasing, slicing and dicing our sister. And that's, that is so not what I thought this was going to happen. And then especially when you pull out the baby and see that, again, huge spoiler alert, um, the baby is deformed. It looks like there are, it, it was a twin, but the other one was being absorbed. Um, again, this is kind of more of a speculation because the baby did look deformed. But, um, you know, that that was just like, yeah, I do not feel comfortable showing my community that. And um, other streamers I know who are on TikTok had actually said, you know, that, like, I saw the reactions. It was not good. It was definitely not good. And everybody thought the face-cutting scene was going to be the worst. It was nothing. Oh, God, no. Like, my first thought was Hannibal Lecter. Like, I I'm a classic horror, horror movie buff. So, like, for me, I was making more, like, Clarice jokes. And, because, you know, I didn't take that too seriously. And then, as the game was progressing, I went, oh, my God, this is a lot more than I thought. Now, as far as the ending goes, uh, you know, everyone takes the, the meaning of the ending differently. 
did you take it as Martha existed or Martha didn't exist? I actually did a little bit of research on that because I, was, I, I have my own theory, and the theory was I believe she was suffering from, and I'm actually going to pull it up so I can actually say this correctly and actually give the definition in case anybody um, doesn't know, and I think I might have actually closed it. So what I thought she had was disassociative identity disorder, which is a mental health condition, and it says people with DID have two or more separate identities. These personalities control their behavior at different times. Each identity has its own personal history, traits, likes, and dislikes. And I felt like that summed it up, especially when, again, spoiler, even though I've said this a thousand times, she's walking, we're, we're, we're in this white room and there's all these dolls with multiple faces on the same body. That is what I took it as immediately. I I looked at it as Martha didn't exist. It was a second personality. Now, looking at it from that perspective, the the baby getting absorbed into the other baby is actually symbolic. Mm -hmm. Is it necessary? Probably not. Yeah. Not necessary. But, and the same thing with the face cutting scene. Actually, the most grotesque scenes in the game I could see as symbols as opposed to just pure shock. I mean, yeah, I, I think, too, you have to also have, like, a personal interest in the game because um, you have an idea that you know the game is going to be horror, but you don't know what type of horror. So, I, and I actually, I, I couldn't find any information on the, where the idea Martha is Dead came from, from, I believe, the company, Wired Publishing, I think it was the one, or Wired Productions is the one that published it. But I think they are called LKA. And I was trying to find anything from the lead developer or the creator. And I, I couldn't find anything that was like, you know, this is something that maybe, and this is like a extremely far reach, like something similar had happened in the family. Or maybe he himself suffers from that. Or, you know, like I was trying to make the connection maybe to the, to the, the developer. And I think maybe that was like a stretch on my part. Yeah, it really, really, um, I'm not sure if something happened. Uh, my understanding was the story actually originated around the lady, uh, the lady in white, which in a lot of cultures is a, a fairy tale or a fable. Yeah, actually, it's, I, and now I don't know if you read maybe the same article I did about the, the lady in white, because some of the stuff from the story versus what uh, Julia sees, actually, they're they're not one and the same. So it's like extra details she added because I don't know if it's, um, you know, part of her mental illness is coming out and using, um, you know, that monster, demon, whatever you want to use it as, um, for something that she, it's something she's projecting out. I could see that. Because, um, I mean... I Obviously, I think the lady, the lady in white, is some sort of manifestation in her mind. I, I don't think that that is a real thing. So, I read a lot of articles last night. They're all actually kind of mushing together in my brain. It's a lot of information, and I can appreciate that somebody went out of their way to to do their own research. But it was a lot to take in because everyone's like, oh, you know, this is what the ending is. And this is what the ending is. And it's like, is it? 
<laughs> is it because some some ideas were really far fetched while others I was like no. Yeah, I, I I looked at the ending as showing her her mental illness and coming as coming to the conclusion that there are multiple personalities myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were things in there that led me to that conclusion. And actually, the the face cutting scene, which was one of the scenes that got a whole lot of publicity when Sony censored this game, and they didn't even really censor it that much. But when Sony censored the game, that was one of the things that got the most publicity. It was in the trailer, that's why. Oh yeah, she gets her face cut off. Mm-hmm. But that face-cutting scene, I actually see as part of the depiction of mental illness and the part of her putting on the role of Martha. Yeah, like I feel like... Th- now again a lot of people are probably going to disagree again you're coming from somebody who likes horror movies and uh, not that it it doesn't upset me or anything like that like it it can make me uncomfortable but I feel like it it is such an important part of the game so I I, I personally feel like that should not have been censored I feel like the developer and the creator gave enough information when you buy it before you install it and even as you're playing the game uh, and the one thing that I do have to say was amazing, and I had to give them so much credit, was they, it was basically like a trigger warning, and they were saying, you know, if you are suffering, and you are feeling alone, like, and they actually gave an, a, I believe it was a website to contact, which would then lead to, you know, um, being able to get into contact with somebody if you are, okay, uh, again, warning, uh, feeling suicidal. So that that was something that was an instant win in my book. So. To be more upset about the the face cutting thing than anything else was kind of weird in my opinion, especially because I know what kind of movies Sony makes. So why are they specifically going after that scene in a video game? Well, here is what they censored. Okay, in the the scene where the face is cut off, it's not intera- interactive. It still shows it. It's just not an interactive scene. Um, same thing with the cutting the womb open scene. You can watch you watch it, but it's not interactive. Yeah. Um, and then players can skip the censored cut scenes as they play, which is different than the PC version. The, on the PC version, the only thing you can actually skip is part of the ending. Yeah, the the that one scene, which is funny because I went and I looked to see what the difference was. Not much. It's not. No, it's not much. So you're gonna like, I don't know, like. I, I feel like if they should be giving an option with Sony, they should give an option in the beginning. Do you want to have the censored or uncensored? And it can list the ideas that are going to occur without having to give them away. Yeah, that would be actually a better idea because do you want to see it or do you not want to see it? Now, the human mind is curious. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a good idea or a bad idea, it's curious. So in a lot of cases, people will say, oh, I want to see it. Whether they actually want to see it or, you know, think it's grotesque or it's going to trigger them. So that could be one criticism right there. And and I think that that's a good point. If they were just maybe to put a, 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 a hint of what it's about, like, hey, the following scene contains animal cruelty. Do you want to see it or not? Mm-hmm doesn't say exactly what's going to happen i mean it does but it doesn't too interesting with the with the animal cruelty um 
Actually, no. Let me uh, before I actually make this statement. I want to see because uh, do you know the Babadook? I watched the movie once, like five or ten years ago. Yeah, now I'm just trying to see what. Uh, oh, see, it was entertainment one. But with the Babadook, one thing I was not expecting, and again, spoiler for anyone who plans to watch the Babadook, um, there is a case of actual animal abuse in in the game, and. I will not lie, when it happened, I cried, and I, again, I was a lot younger when that movie came in, so I should say a lot younger, but um, I believe the movie came out in 2014. I was very upset by it, very upset by it, because I was a dog owner at the time, and, you know, I'm just, there was no warning of anything like that, so it, it's, especially for people who are sensitive with animals, I think it's a good idea to put that warning in, that, you know, there there may be a case of an animal um I'm gonna I'm gonna say it in a more harsher way, but being dismembered, I, I don't want it to be a surprise. Yeah, that's fair enough. And like I said, I think that that's it. If they just gave a hint, I th- mm. I, I think you were dead on on that. Give a hint about what's going to happen because then people can make a decision. If there's no hint, they're just curious, and curiosity will cause people to do things they shouldn't do. Yeah, yeah, and. I think too. It's like it's like when people, um, when you're younger, someone says, "Oh, you gotta go on and look up this," but they don't tell you the context of it. Usually, a bad idea if there there's no context given ahead of time. So that's where, like, the, again, really bad comparison versus what the game did. Because the day the game did warn you that there was, you know, grotesque scenes. So you have an a little idea of what you're going in. But if they could be a little bit more specific, it would be better. Exactly. The only other censored things on this, just to to finish the list, Mm -hmm. the mentions of self-pleasure are removed from the church chapter. Wait, are you serious? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. It took all the self-pleasure aspect out of the church chapter to, uh, in the Sony version. I find it so weird what they think they should censor and what they shouldn't censor. Because, again, to me, she was explaining her mental illness when she was in the asylum, the things that, you know, she did that obviously wasn't, um, she wasn't found of mind doing, but she get, she actually explained why she had done it. I mean, but, but you look at people with a history of mental illness, that is something that, that can happen with, with that, that self-pleasuring. Like it, it's not like, it, we have to be blind to it. I don't. I don't know. Again, the things that they chose to censor was really stupid, in my opinion, with certain things. It's it's actually weird because I don't think a lot of these things that were censored really needed to be censored. Yeah. You know, um, they did add a disclaimer at the start of the game, uh, like you said. There. Oh, I'm sorry. The disclaimer at the start of the game has been updated with a reference to miscarriage. In its trigger warnings. And the safe in our world message, which appears at the, like that link at the end that asks you if you want the censored version, that's where it displays the uh, the website. And they display that at the beginning, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, Mango wanted to kind of input uh, their their view on it. They said, for Martha is dead grotesque scenes is short selling given that they almost threw up a few times and i mean that's fair everyone has their opinion and their right to their opinion 
Mm-hmm. Um, I'm the first person to say this is not a game for everybody. I personally like psychological weirdness um, in both movies and in video games. And things mm-hmm. that, that really make me think. Um, you know, movies like Memento. The only movie I've ever watched backwards because it's forwards. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've seen it, but essentially the whole movie is in reverse. I think it's funny. I own the movie, but I haven't actually seen it yet. Great movie, um, in my opinion. I really like things that make you think. And Martha is Dead made me think because it was not what I expected. It caught me off guard. Yeah, I I, I still think about that game. It, it, like, I could be driving down the road and I'm just like, wow, that one scene in Martha is Dead are... Um, for myself personally, I feel like there are parts of the game that I do connect to, or Julia, or Martha, however you want to see it, um, in several different instances. So I'm just in there like, yeah, this game is someone something that really makes you think. And I, I, I tell you, I can't get the game out of my head. Uh, I just want to say really quick thank you for that follow, Robert Tomato. Tomato. Um. One thing before we started, we were having all sorts of sound issues, so I turned the sound desktop sound way up, and that just blew my eardrums out when that alert went off. I thought I had them muted. I did not. <laughs> did you hear that in your your earphones? I didn't, no. Because I know the first time that somebody followed that you did, but... Yeah, you were talking all of a sudden, I hear a horn go off. I'm like, oh my god, it's so loud! We'll work on it. Yeah. We're growing, it's gonna work on it. Yeah. Um, Another game that you played shortly after that was What Happened to Edith Finch? Yes, I did. I did play that game. And I... that was a recommendation by Just Davin, who is my partner. I got you. I have not played that game. Uh, I own it. Granted, I own like 3,000 games, so it's no surprise that I own it, but yeah. Um, how was it? So, I, so it, again, I didn't voice this out loud because I didn't want to um, ruin anything, but again, I'm going to put, well, I, well, no, I'm not going to say it because I don't want to spoil it for you if you do tend to play it. Um, I, I was able to guess the plot. I won't remember. Oh, I won't remember. Nope. <laughs> um, I ha- had been thinking, well, I wonder if the character is pregnant. Uh, just because, like, some of the things that, you know, they were saying, and uh, I'm like, okay, we're documenting our life story. Okay. Um, and later on, when it was revealed that she was, I believe, 22 weeks pregnant, I actually, I think I actually slammed my fist down really hard on my desk, and I was like, I knew it! Because I get really excited and very passionate about gaming. Uh, especially, that game was amazing. And and it, it to me, it was there, there is one scene in it. Uh, I actually, um, after the scene was done, I couldn't talk because it. Robert's meals. Yeah, we know. <laughs> I had to stop my stream because when I tried to talk, uh, at first it came out all gargly. Like you know when you're you're on that verge of losing um, yourself to crying so bad. So I, I actually told them, okay, I was able to regain a little bit, and I said, okay. I need to take a minute, a minute to um, walk away and come back. And I cried pretty hard because uh, I have a, a child that was around the same age of what happened to that 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 little one. And so it it 
destroyed me on a whole different level and it and it stuck with me for a little bit especially uh there's an interesting um and I, w I won't give it away but there's an interesting um theme that goes around each person and it wasn't until i sat down with my partner and we were talking about it going oh my god i actually am starting to see the connection between all, all of these people and what the main cause was yeah i i haven't played it so i'm i'm kind of interested i've actually got interested after because i showed up right at the end of your stream that day yeah and it, it, it was right when you were going why would you have me play that <laughs> oh, I, I well, my partner's like it's a great game. You're gonna love it. You might cry, and I'm like, what? I was like, did you not watch me and Martha is dead? Like, do is this? What are you trying to do to me? Is this a challenge? How much you can make your partner cry with a video game? Like, and, and so you know, I kind of was like, you know, I'll do it. It can't be that bad. Oh, was I wrong? I mean, um, a little bit off topic, but so today we're playing Gone Home. Uh, originally, we were gonna play the Dragon Cancer, which was my idea. But that didn't, uh, that had some personal implications with Nikki, so we changed games. But, um, the Dragon Cancer, I'm probably going to stream it tomorrow night and do commentary, but I recommend anybody who can buy it. This is why. I haven't played it yet. Um, and it's very sad, is my understanding. As a matter of fact, I, the reason I picked it is it was ranked the most emotional game of all time. Um, so, going Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, a couple of years ago, I had actually, I think it's when the game first came out, I had been watching PewDiePie play it. So, of course, I don't remember now. Um, I remember his reaction really stuck with me because when you watch PewDiePie, he's not a crier. Like, he doesn't get emotional about things, but I, he, he, he broke that day when I, when he streamed, like, when he posted that on YouTube, and I just was like, wow. Um, and actually, too, we were talking about the personal side of it. I've, I actually have talked about it on stream because it is something, uh, in, in specifically what had happened to my son is something where I continuously tell parents to advocate for your child because, and not that I'm, I'm going to say dissing uh, anyone who works in the medical field or anything, nothing like that at all. I just feel that the, the at that point that my son had been continuously brushed off to the point that when I got to the, by the time my son had gotten to the hospital, I was told that it could have been hours and he would have died. Uh, we found out my son had gone septic with uh, pneumonia and I had been trying, I had taken him into emergency twice. I had taken him to our family doctor three times. So it wasn't until finally my son was hardly breathing gray and it was like, yep, I, 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 it was enough. And so with the scenes from that dragon, uh, or the that dragon cancer, the scene that it starts out with just kind of hit back to what having to deal with my son and the, the like. Especially, I wasn't able to hold him for such a long time. Okay, I can understand so, like, that. Yeah, I. That's why for me it was like okay, like trying to not get upset or overworked about it because I'm like, <laughs> my partner's like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine, <laughs> but. I just knew, like, it was a game that if I can't get through, like, a small portion of the game, there's no way I'm going to get through it at all. And uh, one thing I will say, and, and I'm not, the medical community as a whole, I have no problem with. There are some great, oh, great doctors out there. I would know I have 17 of them. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, literally, I have 17 doctors because I have Bichette's disease, rheumatoid arthritis, relapsing polychondritis, narcolepsy, all sorts of uh, fun, rare diseases that people just aren't supposed to have. And I managed to have like 14 of them. I have a lot of doctors and they're all very good doctors. It took me five years to find my team of doctor of good doctors going through a lot of doctors that dismissed me in the process. So if you have a medical problem or your child has a medical problem, always, always continue to advocate. Yes, because if I, if, and the funny thing too was uh, before I had brought him, to, brought him to the hospital, I was actually at my family doctor's office sitting in there and he was sitting on my lap and he wasn't moving. And I said, can you please look at him? And she just, she tilts her head to the side and goes, hey, he looks okay. You know, he looks a little unwell. And I'm like, excuse me? And long story short, he got prescribed a medication. She's like, I doubt it's going to work. You know, it seems like a common cold. And when I got home and he started, you know, getting sick with water, I said, enough, I'm done. And I'm glad that I, I stuck to how I felt because if I hadn't, my son would not have been here. Because I, I said I had enough and I advocated for myself. Even at the hospital, I said, I want an x-ray. He needs an x-ray on his chest. Had I not, and he had to have emergency surgery that day. They had to stick a tube in his chest. And at this point, he's two years old. And I have to make that hard decision. So, yeah, it, it wasn't fun, but it was something that, you know, I'm more aware of now. I mean, I just, I just wanted to put that out there. Always don't feel bad about advocating for, for yourself ever, regardless of who you are, because there are a lot of people with a lot of medical conditions that never get treated because they're never found. Exactly. And it, it, it could be a case, you know, in severe cases, like your child, where it could be life or death. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, it, especially, uh, not that I'm blaming this on COVID at all. Let's, let's make this clear. But COVID has made the healthcare system put under a lot of pressure. I know, too, that it, it's hard. You know, especially you have to sit in the waiting room eight hours and, but, you know, I have to say, I have to give it to parents who, during this time, have not given up on the healthcare system, even though it, it, it feels helpless sometimes. But the dragon cancer, going back to it, um, Ryan and Amy Green, Green developed it, and it was about their son, Joel, who had a, a rare form of cancer at the time. Um, the reason I would, I, I would request people go out and buy it, even if you never play it, they spent Three years developing this very touching game. I think it was three. It might have been four. Um, their child died in the middle of developing the game. Changed the narrative. But only 14,000 copies of the game sold. They have never made up their production cost. Are you serious? I'm serious. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, people... <laughs> if it, uh, Like, honestly, I'm almost like... I might even gift out some copies because, like... Yeah, no, that, that, that game... Like, my heart broke for broke for him and broke for of course like his wife like just even hearing their voices oh yeah i mean it is a beautiful beautiful game from what i understand like i said i haven't played it i'm probably going to stream it tomorrow night uh if not tomorrow night sometime this week it's only two hours long i can get through it all in one mm -hmm. so anyone who would like to watch that awesome but more importantly if you can just go buy the game yeah experience it for yourself because you know everyone takes takes it differently and especially um it being about the topic with cancer and especially uh childhood cancer not to not to uh bring it into the a negative light but you know I, I i'm not even gonna it's not even negative light but uh i had i had a my cousin who was 
too, who actually did end up passing away from leukemia. And I think this game is a great way of understanding how my aunt and uncle felt during that time. And it gave me a really clear, not not clear, because, you know, there's still things that you're not going to understand, but it gave me a better understanding of the pain that they went through. It's not, it wasn't just like, oh, it's, it's just the game, you know, you know, things like this happen periodically, but it, it really talked about the pain that they went through. And I, I, I have to really appreciate it. Like that game deserves way more recognition than it got. I I mean, and the funny part is, it got a lot of recognition. It got a lot of articles written about it. It got streamers that were streaming it. It got all sorts of recognition. But then people just didn't buy it. Yeah. Um, and, and one of the, if you read the wiki on it, you know, they were actually doing um, DMCA strikes on YouTube from people who just played the game, did no commentary or anything. Um, which they did say later on, hey, that, that was the wrong way to handle it. So I don't think that that's a worry anymore. Um, or just put commentary in it. I mean, when you're streaming a game, I, I feel like if you're streaming a game and there's no conversation or there's nothing going on, you're playing a game, and if it's a story-based game, people just get to see the story. Yeah. You're, you're adding nothing of value to that. No offense to anybody who does that. That's how I see it. You're adding nothing to value if you play a game on stream. There's no talk. There's no commentary. I mean, the goal as a creator, and even streamers are creators. I mean, different, but the same as people who create YouTube videos, people who uh, do podcasts, people who, who do blogs. They're all con content creators. If all you're doing is putting somebody else's content and you're claiming to be a content creator, you're not creating content. I think it's hard be too because some people, um, they will play the game I mean, and maybe it's they're not comfortable enough to do commentary, especially on such a, uh, a sensitive topic. I think it's always good to, uh, especially if you are, you are a streamer and you are streaming that game, you know, to talk to, um, to do talk to the chat, especially like, you never know if there's somebody who's watching you play that game and they say, you know, I really relate to what's happening. And, and, and so I think it's really important. Like, that's why I like to reach out and say, you know, Hey, I, I've seen you said this, like, are, are you okay? You know, let, let's talk about it. Um, because this game does bring up really sensitive matters for people and it, it can cause a hurt. So I think it's important to talk about it. And I mean, too, like if, if you are too shy to stream it, that's fine. But definitely reach out if someone is in your watching it and says, "Hey, um, I, 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 you know, I relate to this," and maybe that's their a hand reaching out. That that that's also like d the, another perspective on the situation. Uh, I mean, I'm the. Uh, I guess my point is, if if you're gonna stream it, make sure you put some commentary in. One, it it makes it more value as a content creator, and. There are definitely parts in games and probably a lot of parts in that game where you may not want to put commentary because it's just a very emotional moment. But Yeah. It, it yeah. But you know, try to add something to anything you you're putting out. And I think that's a part that a lot of like the first couple times I streamed, all I did is play games. I didn't know any better. I'm like, I'll play games, but I thought about it more, and I'm like, what am I adding to this game? 
and uh and that's when i'm like well i guess if i'm actually going to create something i got to put some, some commentary if not i'm not actually creating something i'm just playing a game there are some creators who um to they they actually do say that when they're streaming they'll be like hey you know i'm just i'm just playing a game you know i'm just kind of showing you what the game is like which i i can appreciate if that's what their standpoint is and they're 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 saying it right off the bat like i can i can say you know what that's cool you know exactly what you want to do with your content i absolutely that understand that i mean they're they're throwing it all out there right there hey i'm playing the game if you want to see what it's like take a look um yeah and this is a topic i don't want to get into too much but i, I just i know while it's stupid uh to some extent because when people are playing games online in most cases, those game companies are going to get more sales. Yeah, if it, if it's a, a larger corporation versus like if it was a small dev that created the game. However, if you look at a game like this one that is a a two hour game, completely story based. If you stream the game, if somebody streams the game, then a lot of people may not have the the motivation to buy the game because they've already seen the story. Yeah. So I can kind of understand why they would do DMCA strikes, especially with no additional content other than that, if that makes sense. Um, there's other games like Beyond Two Souls. Beyond Two Souls is a very, very cinematic game. It's hardly a game. It's more a cinematic experience. And if you are, if you stream that whole game, and you do absolutely no commentary or anything. Literally, you are just have a cinematic experience. Mm -hmm. Not that much different than putting a movie on your Twitch. But I also think too, like uh, also another way that I see it is there are some people who who are doing streaming and aren't able to afford like a mic or um, a camera. So I think too another way that they they feel that they can contribute to their channel is. You know, sometimes just playing the game. Uh, my partner, just Avin, uh, when he does play from like our PS4 upstairs, he doesn't have audio and he doesn't have video. Uh, I know he had played a game on. Oh goodness, I can't remember. It's a, it's one where small devs post their uh, their games. Was it Dreams? He's behind me. Uh, Dreams. And so there was a game he had played, and it was very actually very impactful. Um, you know, he did try his best to comment in chat, but it is a little bit harder when you are playing like with a PlayStation and you have your phone beside you and messaging. So I, I like I under I can understand that perspective too, like especially not being able to afford to have a mic and a camera and still be interactive with a more emotional game. So I'm gonna be real honest right here. Mm -hmm. I'm so used to streaming on PC and even though I know people stream from other systems like PS4 and Nintendo and I've even seen you stream from Nintendo. You had to. You were playing Kirby. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming that was a Switch or a, a Wii. Yeah, the, the Switch up to the PC, yeah. But I absolutely forget that people stream from other systems. Yeah, actually, um, Inconductic said, I'll be honest, a lot of the time, if there's a largely cinematic game I want to experience but have way too big of an exhausting backlog of stuff I'm already playing, I'll watch a stream of a cinematic game. So another great example, but um, I know too, like I do forget too, like I am 
overly grateful for being able to have a PC, being able to afford a PC. Um, so I do have to give it up to those streamers who only, you know, do Xbox, PS3, and 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 they're grinding and they're doing what they're supposed to and they're growing. I think that's amazing. Yeah, but I mean, I, I wanted to be honest there. Since I focus on PC gaming, mm-hmm. and I primarily think of streaming as a PC thing, even though there are plenty of people who stream from PS4s and Xboxes and a lot of people who stream from Switch, you know, that didn't even cross my mind when I came up with my first thought. Yeah. So, you know, it's a great wide conversation is great. Sometimes it makes you learn new things or think differently. Which is so important because, like, I feel like it doesn't matter how old we are. We are always in taking new information and our opinions are always changing, um, especially to, like, when you think of more controversial topics, which I'm not going to mention, um, you know, there are some things that, like, for myself, I was taught younger, like, no, it's not okay, no, no, no. And as I got older, I'm like, wow, no, I don't, I don't really, I don't really care. I think, I think it's amazing. Like, I really, I, I think that's one thing too is we're always adapting and and learning. Now, uh, I've been playing Gone Home. I'm assuming you have too, though. Um, I'll be honest, and this happens on every podcast. Trying to get in-depth with any game for me while I'm podcasting is a challenge. There's some parts of the game where she's talking and I can't quite hear. I also have a hearing issue partially, so it's like <laughs> I, I'm trying to hear and trying my best to read it. But I can't really give an opinion of this game right now. I have my volume turned off because I don't want it to go into the podcast. And... Yeah, I, I actually might lower mine a bit. Uh, I I can't hear yours, but uh, there there's no since there's no subtitles, I can read the letters and stuff around the house and look at the books. See what's interesting, but it's really hard. I can't really give an opinion on this game right now. Um, mm-hmm. I can't say from what I've looked up, I've read really good things, and this is also on the most emotional games list. Really? Yes, it is. And yes, Lobo, the stream did die. I did not end it. I have no idea. Um, I think it was off for about two minutes before I got it back on again. But yes, uh, this is on the most emotional games list, too. So when you gave me the games to choose from, I'm like, that one's on the most emotional games list. We'll go with that one. I I think, too, like I'm even going to go back and play this myself to experience it because right now this is a great way like that I can kind of get accustomed to the game um the controls and things like that but for me I will always go back and replay a game because I'm sure there's something I missed uh even like a game that is not emotional but it's fun to play as Kirby like we were just talking about there are things that I miss and I like going back at it and getting those achievements and seeing what, what side story did I miss like Martha is dead there was a whole a whole uh, section I missed, and I'm like, no, I'm gonna go back and play it myself. After all the reading I have done in the last two days about Martha is dead, I am probably going to go back and play it. Um, because I I rush through it. I'm just like, okay, I want to see what this is, and I want to get to the end because I was doing a review on it. Yeah. And I actually wonder, oh, if some of the people who wrote reviews on the game. It's a pretty common practice. A lot of times when you write a review, you only have a certain amount of time to play the game. So there's a good chance, even though Martha is Dead is only eight hours, at least three-fourths of the people who wrote reviews never finished the game. 
actually, it's funny you say that. That's uh, something that I was thinking about when I was reading the reviews. I feel uh, overall, like it said, it had a ninety-five percent score. Um, it didn't say whether it was good or bad. I'm going to. I I made the assumption it was good. Um, but I feel like you know there probably were scenes where they're like, nope, I'm done. I I have to walk away, and that's fine because they they know their limit in a game, and I can appreciate that. Um, now, see, th th it's hard because it's like when you get a review from somebody who hasn't quite played the game start to finish. I think what's important to say in your re review is I did not finish the game. Uh, at one point in the game, I did not feel comfortable enough to continue. So my review is based on what I've played so far. I think it's important to put that in your review. Most of games that you see reviewed, probably 75% of the reviews you read, they did not finish the game. And it's all a matter of time. Their job is reviewing games and they have to review a multitude of games. So they can't play one game especially if it's like a 30 or 40 hour game. Yeah. You know, they're probably going to play five, four or five hours and they're going to review it. So most game reviews are probably about 75% don't go from start to finish. Which I find that very surprising because for me, I would want to, again, this is coming from me. I would want to play the game and I, I like, I, I feel like I, I can't give a proper review. Like I, I'm, I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna out myself in this opinion. Uh, in this opinion, but Kingdom Hearts is my all-time favorite game. Have I beaten the game start to finish? No, no. So I feel like I can't be like, yes, this is this is the best game of all time. It's my favorite game, but because I haven't beaten Ariel's Grotto, I can't. I can't be like, yeah, I love every aspect of this game because I haven't played it yet. I'm actually friends with a couple reviewers on Twitter, and they actually did a, a survey of reviewers on uh, Elden Ring to see how many people finished it before they reviewed it. It was like yeah. 5%. Granted, Elden Ring really? is a long game. A very long game. True. You have to have a lot of dedication to play that game, which, I mean, I give it to <laughs> anybody who plays, uh, like, it's like the Final, uh, Final Fantasy series. Like, people who can say, I have played Every single game, start to finish. Yeah, I know you guys are my heroes because I, I can't. I am trying, but oh man. But I mean, you figure their whole job is reviewing games. Now, if we go on the myth of the forty-hour work week, um, you know, if someone spent, say they have to review five games a week, if they have they have eight hours to spend on a game, and that includes the review. So I understand why a lot of reviewers don't finish a lot of games. At least not before the review is done. I've seen reviewers also go back and re-review a game after a, they are done playing it. Mm -hmm. But... I think it's... Oh, sorry. It, oh, no, it's fine. Uh, I really wasn't going to say... I was just going to say that it, it... A lot of... Man, I'm repeating myself at this point. A lot of reviewers just don't have the time to finish them before they review them. Yeah. Especially if there's a crunch before the release date. Like, especially people who get to, you know, play betas and stuff like that. They're like, yeah, the game is great. And then afterwards they went, actually, now I finally finished the game. And let me just go back and change. Yeah, like you were saying, like, go back and change uh, their uh, review of it. And actually, Mango said, people already finished Elden Ring, but it's so long. I'm actually kind of surprised someone has finished it. Oh, I know a lot of people who have finished Elden Ring. Some that finished it two days after it came out. Really? 
I, hey, dedication. I have to I have to give it to gamers. When they really enjoy something, they go out. I mean, I won't lie. If I had the... It, I played the... Uh, no, some people say Danganronpa or Danganronpa. Um, I, it took me a long time to finish those games, but if I could have sat down and, like, played from start to finish, I mean, it probably would have been, like, 12-plus hours. I just, I wish I had time like that. I mean, and two, like, it's two. People are making the time to do it, right? So maybe that's something that, it's, it's a me issue. Yeah, I mean, I have the attention span of a flea, so I don't finish too many games. I play, <laughs> if they're over an eight-hour game, it's probably never getting finished. Actually, I was surprised that I uh, I was so committed to Martha's Dead. Like, that is an, about an eight-hour game. Um, <laughs> and Conductic says, finished Elden Ring, I can't even successfully start it. <laughs> That's fair enough. I I don't have Elden Ring, but I can't successfully start Dark Souls 1. If you watch my streams of it, it's hilarious. I played the same spot for five days. Didn't move at all. Uh, Davin always tells me, I'd love to see you uh, play it. But he's like, I'm sure you would get really mad playing it. It will, want, it will make you want to throw a controller. Oh, God. It is one of those games. Um, I've heard Dark Souls 1 is the most punishing, and then they get less punishing as it goes. So Elden Ring is, is supposedly the least punishing of the Souls type games. Oh. It's, oh, excuse me, it's still pretty punishing. Mm -hmm. um, but, I mean, I think we're, we're pretty much done. I think we've gone over everything. Uh, the only question I have for you before we end is, do you agree or disagree with the censorship that Sony did on Martha is Dead? Do you think they should have done more? Do you think they should have done less? Or do you think they should have left it alone? Okay, so th this is where I feel kind of conflicted because the PC version was not censored. It's, it's not. So why... And the thing is, I actually... There's a statement that actually was released. Uh, and I couldn't even believe I actually found a statement regarding it. Uh, let me just find it. So it's the Martha is Dead statement. It was from February 11th. And basically, uh, they they had said they've always been open and honest about Martha is Dead, the content within it, and especially how sensitive the subjects are, um, especially when the game was announced in 2019. It was constantly flagged and clearly repeated within the game itself before, it, it, it you know, you play it. Uh, could they have been a little bit more clear? Sure. But I feel like it's more that they should have they should have given the option, do you want to play censored? Do you want to play uncensored? And make it very clear because especially that last scene, the fact that like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna censor it. I'm sorry, the last scene versus the face cutting scene, I'm gonna I hate to say it, I think that the the last scene's more triggering, but not as graphic. But the first scene is more graphic than it is triggering. So it's it's kind of confusing on how they did that. Um, I think they need to go back and really review the game a little bit more to decide what should be censored, because especially the fact that um, you had mentioned, mentioned the self-pleasuring thing, that, no. But that is something that, that does happen to people who are suffering severe, severe mental illness. Like, those are things that they can do to their body, and especially, they didn't explain it in a sexual manner, like the way that it's normally said. They explained it in a way of, um, it's actually painful for her. So 
it, it like I don't I don't know. I I think for me I would like Sony to go back, give give the option for censored uncensored, and to really think about what they actually did censor, and. I don't know. It's weird, in my opinion. It's just weird some of the things that they did actually censor. It very odd what they censored. Um, it doesn't make a lot of sense. You know, it's showing me offline again. I'm wondering if Twitch is kicking me off because of the conversation. Really? It's well, it says I'm still going fine though. Yeah, it's kicked me off twice now. I don't understand, but it's okay. Huh. Uh, now it's showing me online, and I have not told it told it to put me back online. So it might be stream elements being stupid too. Yeah. But uh, I think we've gone through everything. I really hope people tune in next week. I'm going to have Universal Rye on, and we are going to have a whole conversation about mental health and gaming as a general, the positives, the negatives, and all that. So hopefully you guys will tune in then. I will say um, they are not a gamer. They are a mental health advocate, strictly, all they do, um, and they run their own podcast based on mental health. So it's going to be a little bit different episode, but I hope people tune in for it because I think that mental health is a very important thing that needs as much focus as possible. Often, Definitely. But, uh, do you have anything else, Nikki? Um, I feel like we, we got through the gist of it because the main thing of, you know, Martha is dead was the controversy that it caused around with its scene. Personally, I, and, well, there was actually someone had mentioned, too, that they felt that the game was a lot of filler. And I have to disagree with that. I like being able to walk and experience. I didn't even know there was a house in the woods. Like, I'm like, man, I can go back and replay that and find it. So I think some people are basing a lot of the reviews off of the, um, the more grotesque section of it versus the actual storyline because it has a great storyline and, and the cool interaction with the camera that is that's so smart and the fact too that they based it off real events that happened in 1944 right and it was actually very interesting that they were on the german side too with the german general yes but the the thing is uh martha's or Mar martha julia's mom is italian so, and, and one thing that they actually talk about as well is the the medication she was taking. And, and to actually, I think because we talked about sense of subject, it, it would be a good idea to talk about Martha's mom because um, a lot of the reason that they are insinuating with the child abuse is because she had such a traumatic a delivery. Um and it says it destroyed her body. And so she ended up actually taking a medication that, if you look it up, was actually meth. And around that time, uh, the German armies, th that was the way that she was getting it. Again, I had to really read into the story to find all of this out. So actually, it turns out that, you know, she was drugged a lot of the time. And that's and, what led to a lot of the child abuse, too. Yeah, and mental health. Absolutely. They they figured that, you know, especially experiencing such a traumatic um delivery and that played a lot in how she felt about her own child um and coming from someone who has had two kids you know childbirth is very traumatic uh and you, you don't you never know what to expect from it so 
I can see like mental health with the drug use being a huge factor um, in the way that she treated her child. Was it re uh, like justified? Hell no. You should never hit a child ever. The, like I, I have no respect for anyone who who does things like that to children. Um, so I still can't. No matter how I look at her mom, I can't see her in a different light. Like it's like, sorry, you you did what you did. I I can't see see you as a redeem a redeemable character at the end. Um, yeah, it's like there it, it, there's so much more in depth to it. Um, than just uh, like just like the the censorship. Oh, sorry. I just want to quickly give a thank you to. Um, oh, it went away. My little alert went off. I just want to make sure I give proper acknowledgement because that's what I do. Uh. Sorry, my brain is. I'm a little slow right now. Hey, Austin. Welcome. You are just catching the end of the Gaving Well Gaming podcast. Um, but quick, quickly jumping back to Martha said, I, I honestly, I could probably talk about that game all day because the different levels of what we see through, especially uh, the puppet show. The puppet show is how we really connect with Julia and finding out more about her her past um, and really finding about how Martha came to be. Like it, it's it's so interesting. It I think it says a lot, and I actually like the fact that they relive the most traumatic moments through the puppet show as opposed to putting those out realistically in the game because that would have been much more triggering. Well, exactly. Because um, actually when I was playing last night, so I was doing the puppet show and it comes out uh, and spoiler, spoiler alert, um, we're holding mom's head. And I and I actually jumped back and I went, oh my god! Like, I I forgot about it, even though I had played the game not too long ago. But I it, it was like that shock factor, and I think partially to what that game is about is a little bit shock factor. Um, talking about you know mental health, and then we also have, um, you know, there's so many different to topics talked about drug abuse and um, you know, honestly, I could go on and on about it, but. I just I can appreciate that the, some of the scenes that were more graphic that they did a more of a puppet style, so it wasn't as horrific. Especially as we're dismembering mom, we're actually just pulling the parts of the doll. So yeah. it's like okay, it's not too bad. If they would have uh, put those scenes in there, um, and not had them as puppet shows, I would say then the game was definitely unnecessarily violent. I think they did yeah. a good job at balancing that. I, a lot of people will disagree with me on this because the two scenes that are incredibly graphic are incredibly graphic. But yeah, they could have made it so much more graphic. That was really what they were trying to do. Yeah, I, I, I like. I won't lie. I was, uh, I was very uncomfortable with having to, you know, cut. Oh, open, you know, her womb and have to take the baby out. That was really uncomfortable. And, you know, especially if I, and, and you know, like I play horror games because it, it's what I love. It's, it's everything that I'm involved in, even outside of streaming. And I 
didn't feel comfortable showing my viewers that, especially, it, like, if I had known ahead of time, I would have been like, hey, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to tell you in detail first. You can stay and watch, or you can step back and then and then come back. Because I we don't need to trigger people unnecessarily that way. A funny note, uh, Lobo, or uh, Excelsior X, is actually watching your stream, too. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> So he's over there with you at the same time he's over here with me. <laughs> oh, amazing. That's wonderful. Thank you. He's a good guy. He, he does a lot to help me out. I really appreciate him. Yeah. But, but uh, I think it's time to go ahead and cut this one. So every, yeah. everybody have a great day. Um, Nikki, are you streaming tonight? I would like to. That's my goal. Well, if if... Nikki's streaming tonight. It'll be sometime around 9 p.m. I think that's when you normally start. 9 p.m. Eastern, yeah. Yeah, 9 p.m. Eastern. Um, I am not streaming tonight, but I will be on tomorrow. One, doing another episode of Gabbing with Gaming while we recreate episode two. And two, streaming again that night, game to be determined. But I am looking right now at doing um, the Dragon Cancer. So, everybody have a good day, and we're signing off.